0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Isn't a brilliant idea in Scotland to actually sort of find people for smoking in the car? How are they going to implement that one? How and we have it? I know, but have nobody's ever been prosecuted, have they, for smoking in the car? I see people smoking in the car all the time. You're not supposed to be smoking in work vehicles. I've seen taxi drivers smoking in the front of, of vehicles. Loads of people smoke. Nobody's ever. The police can't be bothered. They've got enough to deal with with football clubs. You not know, to start dealing with smokers as well. Only if you've got a child with you. Well, I mean, how often is that going to happen? It's ridiculous. I'm never going to have a child with me in the car. It's, it's, and I don't smoke, so it doesn't... But I did smoke, and uh, now I don't smoke. But they're never going to implement... What are the people on the... Police on the motorbikes? So we've just seen you smoking in the car. No, no, no. That was a 12-year-old in the back. She's just lit up. Nothing to do with me, mate. I tell you, you talk to her. Not my cigarettes, hers. Mum, do you want some more? <sighs> You can just imagine, can't you? Kids do smoke nowadays. You seriously still see kids smoking, thinking it's cool. But I can tell you now, and I don't... No, on second, I'm not going to because it's just ridiculous. It makes me sound like sort of a goody two-shoes because I don't smoke and you're addicted and that's the problem with it, you know, because I I tried to give up and I I was rubbish at doing it and then eventually did give up and then became ill and then I thought, hmm... I need to stop. I need to stop smoking. So we stopped smoking. Anyway, uh, the Ripper and Huntley are now jail pals. Thank God for that. The Yorkshire Ripper's gone blind. That's brilliant news, isn't it? Let's hope he dies very shortly and takes Huntley with him. That'd be perfect, wouldn't it? We could solve two birds with one stone on that one. Uh, also, the picture on the front of the mirror, which I know that Darren talked about. It's the dogs. The dog farm. And I thought, oh, it's puppy farming. No, no, no. It's dogs for, for food. Because they eat dogs in Korea. Uh, but the woman who's got one of these places, they're now... Uh, getting rid of the dogs, they're farming them out, uh, not not to be eaten, but um, to be pets. But uh, the ones that are pictured here at this particular farm are just waiting to be butchered, and um, they eat dog meat. I mean, we would, we're all a little bit precious about it, I know, because we've done it before. Because when I first looked, I thought these aren't puppies waiting to be rehomed. No, no, no. <coughs> Excuse me, they're um, they're bred for or nicked. Mainly because some of them have still got collars on uh, they're going to be eaten uh, it's as simple as that because they eat dog in the same way that we eat cow goat sheep pig just about anything that moves they eat dog we can't abhor it, but then the French eat horse meat mind you for a short while we were eating horse meat so it's gut reaction on this one it's a case of these poor dogs don't know their fate but they eat kitten they eat ev- they'll eat everything seriously it's just food. It doesn't matter. It's just a bit like being out in the jungle, isn't it? I wonder how it would be if they sort of served up dog out there, whether or not the jungle would have a, a whole new meaning. Now that Scarlet's been crowned Queen of the Jungle, and no doubt they'll be brass tarting her up, sorry, uh, putting some makeup on her, and, uh, and she'll be on the television programmes, and they'll be talking about, so, uh, what of the future? And I should imagine, till her agent sat her down and going, OK, I've got you an advert for Aldi, and um, then we we bring out the weight loss DVD, okay. And then do you think she should bring out a book? Yeah. Why don't you do your autobiography? You know, because that'll be interesting, won't it? You know, woman gets paid to sit there watching television programs. Not very much money. Goes into jungle, wins it. End of story. Let's move on, shall we? There's other things in life. I'm sure she's very lovely, and everybody likes her, and that's great. But where, as I will probably say in the free podcast later on, you can put her. I can't imagine. Somebody says, oh, maybe she'll work with Anton Deck, and I've said no. Absolutely not. Why would Anton Deck want to share the limelight? What and pay her out of their money or something like that? How's that gonna work? That's not gonna work. They're not going to be interested in doing something like that. Definitely not. Definitely not. I could be wrong, but I, I'm really knowing them, I would think it was that would be how, how it was. Uh I like the idea of the pubs barring the Christmas jumpers. We quite kind of like Christmas jumpers, as you know, we're we're big fans of Christmas jumpers. But uh, whether or not whether or not it kind of it kind of works i don't know i 'm not too sure about that i'm not too sure about Christmas jumpers uh, is it the time to stop boiling sprouts you know you don 't need the little cro- you don't need to do the little cross on the top of them some people do and uh, my mother used to do lovely sprouts lovely when you put some butter over the top of them. now of course we 're supposed to be healthy so we don 't do things like that and incidentally if you're thinking of driving today please don't it 's apparently the worst day for accidents. This is the nearest Monday to sort of the festive, going out, doing your shopping kind of days, which people will be doing. And, um, and they say more accidents occurring today. Another picture of Brooklyn Beckham in the papers. Well, not really, actually. Just did the mail online. Going off to a party from somebody called Vaz J, whoever. A little bit of a no-mark who thinks he's some sort of socialite. And all the, uh, all the naffos turned up, including poor Brooklyn, who's 17, I'm assuming he's, he's left school now because he's so highly talented, but uh, we don't really know what he does. And the old soldier Joe, who falls in for his first shift. This was the, the, bloke, the old bloke. He was sitting there bored at home and he said, I wish somebody would give me a job. So local paper picked it up and then the TVs picked it up and then he's sort of become a celebrity now. But he's, he's, he's got a job. I hope to God he lives over Christmas. Um, you know, because sometimes the, the shock of actually working, if you've not worked for a long time, you know, it's, it's, it could be difficult. You imagine, say, well, we, we took him on on his first day, then he took ill. And we go, oh, no, no. Uh, still no word on Brucey. We're still waiting to find out, you know, how he is. I need I need regular updates on Bruce. Don't want to lose anybody else, thank you, over Christmas. I really don't. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes, the, um, the tsunamis, which are a risk to our coastal towns and power stations. It's funny. We don't think about us having a tsunami, and yet we've got one twice a week on the Severn, the River Severn, the Boar, which, have you ever seen it? It's that th- people surf it, they surf it, it's like a mini tsunami, it comes in with sort of the tide, and then this little thing builds up, and it goes down the river, you can watch it, you can find it on YouTube, it's very interesting. Uh, plus the football coach linked with the abuse at two clubs, this is the scandal that keeps on growing, doesn't it? Uh, the bloke who got the money from uh, Chelsea Football Club, which, who's Gary Johnson, is in the paper's day saying, basically, it's hush money, which of course it is. They gave him money. They had a, a confidentiality clause built in, which is very odd. But then lots of companies do that. Lots of companies do that. I mean, I, I did think about it the other day and I thought about it quite carefully. It does seem a bit odd if it involves child abuse. So they knew that he'd been abused. They knew that something had gone on. And so they give him £50,000. But that's a case of that's 50000 in full and final settlement. You're not to talk about it ever again. So they've just brushed it under the rug. They've just brushed it under the rug and they've sort of said, go away. Uh, don't, don't talk about it, which, of course, is it's not what he did. So basically, he's obviously broken the confidentiality thing. So they might they could, I suppose, if they wanted to get the money back by saying you've broken it. I mean, I've heard of people before who've been fired from companies uh, for various misdemeanors. They give them the money. And that's a case of you go you go now. And we'll just say it was all, you know, you've moved on to bigger and better things. And they and they brush it under the carpet because no company wants to be tarnished with sort of people who sexually abuse children. And uh, I suppose Chelsea were doing... Damage limitation—it's not the answer, is it, at all? But this this does keep growing. The amount of people—four hundred and fifty now—the police say they're dealing with. Pardon me, um, they're uh, sort of coming out of the woodwork to talk about this one. It goes on and it goes on, and I don't think this is the end of it. Although I did think about it, I thought, has this been going on for ages? The answer is, of course, it has. Rock Hudson's agent over in America, when none of this was talked about, was gay as a goose. He liked boys. He had, and that's why the man who named him Rock Hudson, to make him sound Butch, he looked after lots of pretty boys like that. And if you remember, when, when Rock Hudson was, uh, was big in the movie, nobody knew he was gay apart from the whole of Hollywood. Everybody knew he was gay. But uh, there was a stigma attached to it. So at one point, Rock Hudson gets married to the president or the, the, the secretary of his fan club. She didn't know he was gay. Must have been a bit of a shock on the wedding night when he went uh, just off with my boyfriend, and and uh, she didn't know anything about it. She had no idea. I've seen her interviewed on the television. She had not an inkling that he was gay, not an inkling. For the rest of the world, it was it was a case of of course he is, of course he is. And uh, they had lots of people like that in Hollywood. You won't find... Very rare. Only nowadays would you find people openly gay in Hollywood. And uh, I suppose over here, because it was going on, and has been going on for ages, all the way through Victorian times, boys were being exploited. In fact, it was said, at uh, one time, London had... Um, they were... What were they described as? I can't remember. They were boys who delivered the post. As opposed to you putting it in a in a pillar box... Prior to that, you had boys who would come round and you'd go, "Okay, take this letter to Mr Phipps at number 38, Chester Mews. And they would, well, most of them were being taken advantage of. Most of these boys were taken advantage of. It was a huge scandal at the time. And you think, but that was way back in those days. You know, you're not telling me about the boys who were put into care weren't abused. Of course, lots of them would have been. Lots of them would have been. There was, you know, there was a thin divide between, you know, you do what I want to do with you or you just don't get uh, and you know, everybody wants to be, it's like going into prison now, you go into prison now you ask anybody who's been in prison, there's a hierarchy Yet somebody comes up to you and says, "Uh, big Jim down the corridor wants you to be his bitch Uh, you ain't going to be arguing any time soon, let me tell you so I've always said, you know, the one thing that they do in America, which is very clever is they take young boys who've offended and they take them into a prison and they get the prisoners to say you don't want to come in here, let me tell you this will be the last place you want to come into. And they warn them about, you know, you're a pretty boy and you're going in to an institute like this. It goes on all the time. Of course it does. Heavens above. You know, it's it's but it's only now that we go. Oh, right. So this is this is in football. Yes. Big in football. Probably in everything, probably in just about everything. I can't think of anything, anything where there is somebody who can offer you something and but you've got to pay back. So, in other words, you want to move on in, in whichever business you go into. Well, I mean, let's see, shall we? And it, it's kind of a fate accompli for a lot of people. I mean, that's why there are certain people, you know, who will never go anywhere with their careers because they're not prepared to put out. And there are people who take advantage of that. It's, But it's nothing new, I promise you. The casting couch has been alive and well, operating for hundreds of years, probably early cavemen. Want to come into my cave? Getch. Your fur skin off, OK? In you come. And um, and we'll, we'll, we'll do some cave paintings together. Because you never see women hunting animals in the cave painting. It's always men, isn't it? Huge gay club. Huge gay club. Those early Neolithic men, I tell you, they had it all sussed out. Women, I don't think so. Let's us boys go and bond and start chasing bison. You know, for whatever reason. But it's, it's nothing new. It's just that we don't expect it in this day and age when it's all moved on. Even Chelsea said you know these were different times yeah different times where you could probably get away with abusing a boy and nobody said anything no not anymore now they they're coming out they can't wait to come out and tell people about what happened to them which explains how they are at this stage in their life but whether it gets worse which i think it will remains to be seen but i'm pretty i'm pretty certain you're going to be see- i'm waiting for a big profile i said yesterday a big profile footballer to come out i mean i mean big i'm talking big Somebody, you know, come out and go, it happened to me as well. Because I don't believe that there are no big high-profile footballers. They might be immensely rich now, but uh, they could be doing themselves a big favour. And the other people as well might give other people courage to come out and say that the football coach abused them. Isn't it odd, football coaches, people who can obviously switch it on and off. You know, one minute we're all, ch- I've seen football coaches, oh, luckily I never did it. I was netball and nude swimming and uh didn't do anything like that, you know, kicking a football around. I don't think so. I think you'll find the pitch is a bit cold this morning, sir. Doesn't matter. All under the showers. No, thank you very much, indeed. No, thank you. So I didn't. I didn't get round to the football thing. But it, they were obviously able to switch on doing training because one of those this this guy who's up in court again soon. He was he was respected because he was a good football coach. So he's, there were obviously two sides to him, split personality. The side that the boys appeared to know about, but that the parents didn't know about, and the boys, because they were boys, didn't say anything. And that's why these years later, they finally found the courage to come out and say something. More on that, plus uh, the Maddie police, given the last chance cash to probe a tip-off, another tip-off. This time she was uh, grabbed by a gang of people traffickers. Well, you're not telling me that's the first time I've come up with that theory over these years. Are they going to find her? Who knows? I think unlikely. Will they know it's her? No. Will she be speaking another language? Well, if she's alive, undoubtedly she'll be speaking another language. She was kidnapped when she was three, for goodness sake. So uh, they've given them some more money. I mean, how much more money? How much more money can you give? The answer is, I suppose, there are always going to be people coming forward with theories over what happened to her. But they've got no idea. They have no more evidence now than they had before. This is just a tip-off. And you know how vague they can be.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Incidentally, on the subject of, uh, of Chelsea, they've only just waived the confidentiality clause. They paid this money two years ago when there was the confidentiality clause in there. And they've just sort of taken it out. But it's been in there operating for all this time. It's disgraceful, disgraceful for, uh, for one of our leading premiership clubs. They knew exactly what was going on. They were hushing up child abuse. Whichever way you look at it, let's wait for the FA to, to come and see what they're going to come up with on this one. Or would it be another cover-up? Martin says, in the Navy, it was all rum and backy. He says, it was dependent on how long you were at sea, whether you got desperate. Oh, I'm led to believe that, uh, that prisons nowadays, is absolutely rife. It's absolutely rife, I should imagine, in, in most But What do you think? A load of men sitting in there. For years on end. And they um, men uh, end up heterosexual. I shouldn't think so. Good Lord above. And uh, Edward says, I heard that Chelsea lifted the clause last week. Yeah, exactly. It's been an operation all this time. All this time. It's been an operation. Here's 50 grand. Keep your big trap shut. Yeah, I think they've been threatened by lawyers. I think they've been threatened by lawyers. So I think that's, uh, that's very good. I think that's very good. Because it makes you wonder how many other clubs have done this. How many other clubs have been guilty of actually covering up child abuse? Uh, Martin says, I've got to drive 79 miles on the A27 in an hour's time. Oh, <gasps> dear me. Can't you get a taxi or something like that? A taxi? It's not the eating of the dogs that people are upset about. It's uh, because they say if the animal is, uh, is petrified when it dies, it makes the meat taste better. So they torture them with blow torches. Um, well, it's not strictly true, Siobhan. Not strictly true. They use the blowtorches just to get the skin off, but the dog is dead by that time. I know because I've read enough about it because uh, we've had all this trouble with, uh, with puppy farming and people who eat dog, it's, it would be like you going and standing down outside an abattoir and you see loads of pigs and sheep and animals, but we, we're not bothered about them, are we? We don't really care about them because we go, but that's what we do. We eat we eat beef and we eat sheep and we eat pork and uh, we don't care about it. If we see dogs, we go Pet. We see cats pet. They don't. They see it as meat. It's another source of meat. They don't really care. They do have dogs as pets. Don't get me wrong. It's just that there are dogs that are picked up off the streets or they're stolen and uh, and they end up on the tables. I've never eaten dog. I would express no interest in it. But if I was served it as a stew and I wasn't told what it was, would I know? The answer is, well, I've probably eaten horse before now, and it doesn't seem to have done me any, any, uh, any, any bad side effects at all. But it's, it's just the way that we see different things. We see little mice as pets, don't we, or hamsters as pets. I remember the first time my mother said, have you seen the picture in the paper, Stephen? I said, what? She said, it's a woman wearing a hamster coat. And it was made out of 200 hamsters who'd been skinned to provide this. Oh, dear, put me right off. Put me right off. And that was years ago. That was, you know, years ago. And, uh, unfortunately, Mick says, I guarantee if I have the misfortune to be in prison and Big Jim calls me to his cell, I'll be putting a couple of batteries in a sock. Unfortunately, of course, you won't be allowed any batteries in a sock. And the worst thing is, you're not just fighting one person in there. You're fighting loads of people loads of people. Mind you, of course, I always think if you're stupid enough to go to prison, then you kind of deserve everything you get. But that would be uh, your sort of problem. Somebody's going into uh, hospital for a knee replacement. Ooh, that'll be nice, won't it? And um, and Mike had sprouts last night with onions and black pepper. So, so tasty. Very good for you, though. Very good for you. I'm not sure about the, uh, the onion bit, but uh, I'm sure it's... Um, I'm sure it would be fine, actually. I'm sure it would be fine. Uh, another one here says, uh, da, 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 da. oh, Rock Hudson's name comes from somebody saying he was as strong as the rock of Gibraltar and as cool as the Hudson Bay. Lovely, lovely. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, what, are, oh, tsunamis at risk. There's a big piece in a lot of the papers today, actually, about the tsunamis and, their, uh, and the, the effect that it could have in this country. We just see them. I don't know if you've ever seen them on YouTube when you literally we we had one a short while ago they were standing on the beach and out to sea you could see this little wave i mean it just looked like any other wave coming in and then it comes in and it it seriously doesn't look look dangerous to people at all there's people still playing around on the beach and somebody's going oh look this is coming in and they sort of stand there watching it and even when it comes in it doesn't look as though it's got the power which it has so it's it's sort of running underneath so the actual power of the tsunami is underneath and that's why it's uh, all of a sudden it just becomes amazing and you look at it and you think the power of this thing wow my goodness me is it really bad yep it's really really bad and they're saying we could have them in this country i don't know whether we i mean i'm assuming the weather people know what they're talking about they seem to Uh, Worst day for driving, as I say, Uh, Stephen Fry, who left the QI show, according to one of the panellists on there, um, because the budget cuts left him feeling overworked. He had to do three shows in 24 hours, which actually, you know, it's not too bad. I was doing I had a quiz show on Channel 5. We did. Ten in a day, I think. 10 quid they were only little quizzes i think they ran for about five minutes each but you had to change in the end i couldn't be bothered to change i just changed the tie because nobody's going to notice the difference at all and uh, and we filmed them literally one after the other after the other after the other so you were a little bit doolally and i don't know how long qi uh runs for is it a 30 minute show probably something like that so you've got an hour and a half but of course what you've got to do is you've got to turn around the panel will be different and I should imagine it's probably it's not like you finish doing one and you go, OK, should we start the new one? They go, no, we're still waiting for makeup. Sue Perkins is still in makeup and all the other people in there that they have to uh, to do for those sort of things. So that's why it would take time. And he obviously went, you know, it's not worth the money. It probably I mean, it's probably very good money. Don't get me wrong. I should imagine I've got a rough idea what that what that actually pays quite a quite a bit, actually <laughs> quite a bit. You'd be surprised, I think. Uh, no driving today. Wish you'd told me six hour- hours ago before I started the round. Bit late now, I'm halfway through finishing, says Kevin the Milkman. Well, that's good, at least you're halfway through. At least you're halfway through. But, yeah, no no driving today. Apparently it's the worst day for accidents. Ah, <sighs> <sighs> dear me. Uh, Scarlet, Britain's favourite couch potato. Surely a good sofa beckons. Yes, I don't really know. It's the it's case of, oh, she's set to earn millions. And you think, but doing What? Doing what? I don't, you know, I don't really know what she can do. Anton and Dec are not going to be sharing the limelight. They'll put her on various... Pre- She's not going to be presenting, as I say, anything on the... Te- they don't have any programmes. I think the whole Christmas schedule is done and dusted. It didn't say in there, oh, Scarlet Moffat turns up on this. Because if you notice, they haven't used her on anything up until now. She's not been on any quiz shows. She's not been on any celebrity bimbo kind of competitions. So uh, what's she been doing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Absolutely nothing at all. But always interesting, isn't it? When you sort of go, oh, there's a bidding war and there's millions on the table. For doing what? There is no job. There is no nothing. Whether or not next year they find something for it, but that time you'll have forgotten about her anyway. Matthew says, for Christmas, get the battleship board game for yourself and your brother. I think we can actually live without that. <laughs> I think we really can. Uh, Sarah says, I think that she's got a cracking sense of humour, uh, Scarlet, and she was very brave taking on those trials. She was paid for it, you stupid woman. It wasn't out there. It wasn't a case of, do you think you want to eat this or you don't want to eat it? That's what they do. That's what the show is. Have you seen it before? Girl, oh, God, where'd you get these people from? How'd these people get through? And it says, but I can't quite believe she beat Larry Lamb and Carol Vorderman. Is it down to the demographic? Well, it is if you think she was very brave taking on all the trials. Probably yes. Probably Perhaps people like funny, fat-faced girls who, who eat witchetty grubs and things like that. But that's what the programme is. It, it doesn't matter whether or not you... I said suspend all belief. It's a TV programme. Larry Lamb is gonna he, he might have got an agenda when he went in. Carol Vorderman might have had an agenda. I don't know, I'm not interested. It's just a TV show. You know. And Larry's a bully and, and Carol Vorderman just getting her boobs out, and Scarlet Moffat, you know, is very brave taking on all the trials. No! We voted for her to do them We wanted to watch her suffer. That's what it's all about, isn't it? We did it before, didn't we, from that poor old creature from Coronation Street. You, you vote her in for all the bush-tucker trials. The more suffering she gets, the happier we become. You know, if you seriously believe, and you might be one of those people, Sarah, who says, oh, for 20,000 quid, I'll go on there and eat all that stuff, well, then bully for you. Luckily, I would never do anything like that. I can't think of anything worse. Eating all that... No, I'm sorry. Well, what what, what, what you think you're having for breakfast? I have some lightly buttered toast with a bit of marmite, all right? Anything else out here, you're all going to starve because I'm not doing any bush-tucker trial. That's what I'd be saying all the way through. I'm not doing a bush-tucker trial. I've no intention of lying in a coffin and letting creepy crawlies, you know, crawl all over my body. No, thank you very much indeed.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Oh, dear. Have we done everything? I'm trying to think, actually. Have we done everything for Christmas? And I think, yes... All I've got to do, I've just got to check with my godchildren. I know what two of them are getting. It's money, which is obviously the best thing that they need from Uncle Steve. Uh, the youngest, she'll have a, a list as long as your arm. And and then their are mummy and daddy. And then there'll be candles and stuff like that and uh, and chocolates. But as I've emptied the boot of the car, I've got to go out and buy more chocolates now, which is, I'm going to be very excited. I don't mind that's OK, isn't it? I can, I can cope with that. Chocolates you can buy any time. I think they're always an acceptable gift. I think for Christmas, a box of chocolates, nice nice chocolates, and, uh, and a nice candle from Joe Loves or somebody like that, or Penn Halligan's. That's a very acceptable gift. Very, very acceptable gift. And uh, and doesn't break the bank. Well, you hope it doesn't break the bank. You hope it doesn't. Anyway, it's nice to have your company. Uh, somebody says, please slow down, you're clearly humpy tonight. Humpy? What does that mean? Oh, do you mean grumpy, and you just can't spell? <laughs> no, I'm, nev- I'm never grumpy. I'm always in a very, very good mood. I don't have bad moods. I seriously, the only time I would ever have a bad mood if there's no milk in the building. That's the only time I would ever have a bad mood. But never humpy. Oh no, 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 no. If, if if you actually believe that, that I'm humpy, well then I'm even I'm even better on the radio than I thought I was in the first place. I've obviously managed to convince you that I'm humpy. But I think you mean grumpy. I think so. Uh, Matthew says, "If supermarket sweep were brought back by challenge, would you do it?" If Dale didn't want to, absolutely not. I'm not remotely interested. I'm a radio presenter. I'm a radio presenter. I don't do television programs. Everybody has a little dabble, don't they? They do different things, and uh, and they either enjoy it or they don't enjoy it. No, 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 no. I do radio. I'm very good at what I do, and people on television, some of them, a few of them, uh, not not well, not not too many of them. Uh, I noticed actually, Caprice was coming back onto a show. I didn't even know she was still in the country still. Poor old Caprice. She was a bit... She was apparently a lingerie-type model. She was, sort of, she was sort of first bimbo out and uh, turned up on a few shows. But she was always a bit vacant, wasn't she? I don't know what she does at the moment. Obviously, waiting for another show to come along. A little bit dreary, poor soul. And... Trying to find something else, actually. About the... Oh, the people who've ordered sofas. I'll come round to a bit later on, because that's just so stupid. They, they, they kept phoning up this sort of company, saying, Excuse me, can you tell us where our sofas are? And they went, They're lost at sea. So I'm assuming what they mean is they're coming in a container from China and, uh, and the ship's disappeared. So uh, your sofa is in there. Because that's where all this stuff comes from. Uh, uh, Tony Beek uh, from Strictly, that's the, the cheesy one. He's just so ghastly. Uh, has talked about becoming a father for the first time at the age of 50. I mean, why do people talk about this? Who's interested? Is anybody interested? Uh, Tony's... uh, Sorry, Gary's fury as the Chelsea apology, too little, too late. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, The club is also reviewing its original reaction to allegations and said other victims had come forward. One is due to see police tomorrow. But Chelsea also said in a statement that it was usual practice to include mutual confidentiality provisions and the terms of the settlement were quickly agreed. But Gary stressed the club had insisted on the gagging clause, saying, I had to sign that before I got the compensation. I know, they were, they, you wouldn't have got the compensation if you hadn't signed it. It's as simple as that. That's how bad it is. They do it all over the place. They do it all over the place, not just Chelsea, who were, I mean, as complicit in this, as far as I could see, as anything else, I mean, the paedophile scandal. So they've got other people at Chelsea coming forward. This was gagging. This was a gagging clause. You sign this, then you get the money. You don't sign that. You don't get the money. So what you're doing is you're brushing paedophilia under the carpet. Well, we don't want to damage the club, do we? Now sign it. Don't sign it. Go don't get 50,000 quid. So too little, too late. The club has admitted guilt. I think so too. Let's see what the FA are going to meter out to them. Hopefully something quite serious. Because you can't have this in this day and age. This is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, eight for eight five, oh. Claire thinks that uh, there should be... Separate lanes for pedestrians and women with pushchairs. It's like an assault course trying to get around there. Why do you need to go out? Why do you need to go out? Explain to me why you need to, to go out to do Christmas shopping. Haven't I mean, you got a computer. You can order anything you want online from any store, any department store. You go on to Selfridges and Harrods and all those. They'll all do mail order. They'll send stuff out to you. You pay for it over the telephone. Amazon, you can buy anything you want. They seem to have everything. Seven seconds. Very quick. Very, very quick. And then simply say, oh, but it's exploitation. If they don't want to work there, go do one. Let somebody else take the job who's, who actually appreciates it. There's loads of people who aren't worried about uh, seven seconds for Amazon. I mean, God in heaven. That's why you get the stuff so quickly. What do you think if they just wandered about with a fag on and a cup of tea in one hour? It's going to get done? No, no, no. You're working fast. The harder you work. And bearing in mind, on a lot of the Amazon stuff, this was missed out by the papers the other day, they get a tip. There's a tip. The driver, when he's delivering these things, it goes to them. You can make money out of it. Two quid here, two quid there, that adds up in the course of a day, let me tell you. So don't ever think people are being exploited. There might be other people being exploited. Probably people who work in pubs over the Christmas season to help the landlord out, because that's when landlords make a lot of money, isn't it? When they have people coming in for Christmas lunch, which is not, uh, not cheap nowadays. a lot of money on it, a lot of money on things like that. But, uh, but that's what happens. That's what happens, you know. You just have to, uh, just have to to get used to it. And um, one here that says uh, the fifty thousand pounds paid in compensation by Chelsea makes me think: if for instance a young girl is raped and battered, and horrendous attack by some monster, she'd be awarded peanuts by the criminal compensation board. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I mean, it's it's fifty thousand pounds, but does fifty thousand pounds compensate you? And then they make you sign the gagging order. The gagging order means that you don't talk about it. You know, obviously a couple of Chelsea weirdos trying to sort of defend the club, going, well, of course, they did remove it. <laughs> Only the other week. Only the other week. It's been in place for years, for years. Uh, what else do we have here in the paper today? Oh, there's a lovely picture of Meghan. Do you know, there's a picture of her here. She She's not great looking in this picture. And uh, they say he's planning his first romantic getaway with Meghan Markle. He's planning to land back in the UK today after his Caribbean tour. Sorry, his holiday. You need to kick a few balls around and have some pictures taken. It wasn't complicated, was it? Uh, oh, no, do a speech, which somebody else wrote. And then he's going to start preparing for a reunion with Meghan. What do you mean, start preparing? What, does he phone up the, the travel agent? Uh, Harry here, uh, looking for flight to Toronto, uh, maybe leaving uh, Saturday. How, how much? Uh, hold on a sec. It, it's a lot of money. Can we get it free or something? Uh, I'll do an endorsement. I'll, I'll stand in front and... Picture with with the pilot or something like that. So he's going to get together. And uh, after joking with photographers who spotted her shopping for flowers in Canada, uh, Meghan, who's unlikely to be at Sandringham for Christmas, the Queen would never anywhere near Sandringham. How can they even suggest such a thing? Off to the tower with these people. This is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So they've got... um, uh, There's also an Instagram shot of a guy in a Union Jack jumper. Harry spent his last day of his tour at a children's home in Guyana. Aides have heaped praise on the prince for his work during the tour. Work? What, kicking a ball around and holding a child? That's work, is it? My God, they're a bunch of sycophants, aren't they? Dreadful. So she's holding flowers. They go, are these for Harry? No, dear. She's in Toronto. "I I think they might have gone off a little bit. But he's hardly seen her. He's only seen her once for two days of bonking. You know, which was... I mean, obviously, yes, she was staying overnight in Kensington Palace. What do you think? Separate bedrooms? We're not naive to think about that, are we? For goodness sake, honestly, it's just madness, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Victorian society, says John, was rife with scandal. Of course. Of course. I mean, even prior to that, even prior to that... Heavens above. People seem to think that sort of, you know, pornography is a modern invention. The Victorians had pornography. It's just that there was a lot more clothing to come off, I think, in those days. But no, oh, no, there was loads of things like that. It's ridiculous. 8 for eight, five. Oh, Steve at LBC. Nicola, they don't. You need to get your facts right. When it, when it comes to doing dogs, you've obviously just read one article. These ones here are done completely differently. So, you know, I'm not going to entertain somebody who tells lies about things. I don't like the trade any more than you do. I don't like them. What you've done, though, is that you've just sort of read certain little articles, which obviously have sort of inflamed you. But uh, I'm not reading out some of your rubbish. Seriously, absolute twaddle, really. She also talks about um, uh, heroin addicts. God, she's really quite bizarre, actually. And then, uh, oh dear, she's also, she reads the Bible. But she's reading Revelations. Is that the Old Testament, Revelations? That's the last book of the new one, is it? Revelations. Oh, well, there you go. But uh, she doesn't like a lot of people, actually. She really doesn't like a lot of people. A lot of angst with you, I suspect, my dear. A lot of angst. Never mind, I'm sure you'll get over. it. It's Monday morning. You must have something to look forward to today. Uh, uh, what's this one here? Um, oh, what? I, oh, I tell you what I saw the other day. I was surprised nobody... It was the one of the Two Ronnies show. Where they blacked up. They blacked up. And they were doing Calypso with an all-black band. Uh, what do they call Steel drums. I love a steel drum band. Next to bagpipes, that would have to be my next best thing in the whole wide world. But they, they were singing calypsos, which was, it was very funny, but I can't help thinking... It was of the period, wasn't it? People did things like that. People sort of dressed up. Nowadays, you wouldn't have it. But in the early days, you did. Um, He left Strictly last night, but uh, Barrister Rinder, let's call him what he properly is, he's not a judge, Robert, his name's Robert, uh, enjoyed the whole experience because he ignored online... uh, (laughs) Excuse me. uh, (laughs) Thank you. Because he ignored online trolls. Revealing he was called... uh, A Bob Fock. F O C. Do you know what that means? That's apparently body off Baywatch, face off crime watch. <laughs> Some really stupid people out there. Mind you, I found a couple this morning, actually. I didn't realise. But it says, I feel sorry for anyone who has energy at the end of the day for hate, especially if they can't spell properly. <laughs> he says, I know that when people commit acts of cruelty, it's all about them. I've met people who've committed crime and you see how they ended up doing it. My instinct is to feel desperately sorry for them. Interesting verdict, says, uh, says Barrister Rinder. Or but, as he's called, Robert with no hair. So, but I mean, you do meet these people, don't you? I mean, you get internet trolls. I mean, you know, they are sort of, they are sort of just odd. And he says he feels sorry for them. I think you have to feel sorry for them because they're quite clear. This must be the most miserable time for an internet troll. When the whole country is united in happiness and wonderfulness and, uh, and presents and chocolates and things like that, they're sitting there with nothing, nothing at all, got nothing to go on. And, you know, I, just, I laugh at them, actually. I do laugh at them. I know you do as well, especially when I point them out. I heard one the other day on Nick Abbott's programme, actually, a resurfaced internet troll from some years ago. I shall be warning him about her, I've decided.
0: You're listening to a podcast
1: from LBC. Graham says, and of course the black and white minstrel show was of its time. Well, it was. In fact, there was a period, I mean, you know, if you if you know anything about the history of this country, you couldn't go to a seaside resort, it doesn't matter where it was, where they didn't have a minstrel show. There was a minstrel show where people blacked up. David Badil blacked up. Doing that fantasy football, you must remember that. Loads of people have done it. Loads of people have, have done it. I mean, the, the man that they lampooned was Jason Lee. Uh his, his fame didn't derive so much from his talent as the decision of Frank Skinner and David Bedell to lampoon him, obsessively taking shots at his pineapple haircut, which obviously meant he had his hair in dreadlocks and he just tied it up on his head, which lots of people do, actually. Lots of, oh, he's got no hair at all now. Poor soul. But well, that was obviously it. And um, he was the subject of a chant from Nottingham Forest supporters. He's got a pineapple on his head. He's got a pineapple on his head. To the tune of, he's got the whole world in his hands. How does that work? He's got a pineapple on his head. Oh, he's got a pineapple. Oh, yeah. I quite like that look. I quite like that look. But David Badil dressed up and lampooned him. It's been going on for ages. But minstrel shows, they're very famous. Go God. God they've been, I mean, seriously. Long before the black and white minstrels came along. Long before that came along. And strangely, they did them back on the television a while ago. They were doing... um. Uh, a programme looking at uh, people who come back. It was looking at all the different theatres. And the biggest round of applause went for the black and white minstrels who'd been reunited, the girls in their glamorous costumes and the men blacking up. You wouldn't do it now, but of its time, you know, like we don't send little boys up chimneys now. Might be some football coaches somewhere who might quite like to put little boys up chimneys, but uh, that's about as far as it goes, I think. But uh, everything changes, goodness sake... You know, at one time, we used to have people with red flags walking in front of your car because people were frightened of it. At one time, we used to have people on the escalators helping people up there because they weren't sure about a moving staircase. When they first put escalators in on the underground, people had to tell you, hold on to the rail and step up. Whoa! Were people people there to guide you through using an escalator? So everything changes. Radio changes. I can remember a very famous agony aunt, Claire Rayner. Uh, and she was horrified that they were advertising uh, women's items, shall we say, of a personal nature, when they said it's got wings. And she, was, she said to me, she said, I can't believe I can turn on the radio and hear things like this now, advertisements for, for ladies' intimate items. And I go, yes. And then, to make matters worse for poor Claire Rayner, they had somebody on. If you couldn't afford to get the actual person, they had soundalikes. And there was somebody who impersonated Claire Rayner, because Claire Rayner listened to this thing. She came in to talk to me. I used to see her on loads of occasions. She was lovely. She used to eat in Joe Allen's. And um, and, uh, and she said to me, is that me? She was listening to an advert. And I said, is, is, it, is it you? She said, that's not me. She said, I know who that is. And she named the, uh, the impressionist. And she said, well, oh, I will have to have a look at that, because it was basically taking away your own copyright. Your copyright being your voice. But uh, she was horrified at the thing. So everything changes. Everything changes. It's just, you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily work that you can have exactly the same things you had 30 years ago. You can, you know, have it differently. Waj, Waj says, uh, locked in on the app, give me a mention. I'm your biggest fan of all time. Just send money. Just send money. You know what it's like. <laughs> send money, you get loads of mentions. Uh, Apparently in her favour, says Andy... Uh, Scarlett Moffat is an improvement over the usual north-eastern female personality. She's popular without being drunken, violent, sexually uh, easy, getting her bits out, virtually incontinent, or any combination of the above. I suppose you're probably right there. I mean, did she get drunk in the camp? I don't I don't remember seeing her drunk. But there again, I didn't watch the programme anyway. And uh, you're right, she didn't stand under the shower too much, so we leave that to poor old bimbo Ola Jordan, who's still She's not comfortable with her body, is she, really? And um, when you present your show on Christmas Day, will there be carols? And uh, uh, and if it's not too tired, maybe an in conversation with Father Christmas? Says Mick. No, no, we do have an in conversation on on Christmas Day. We do have one, and um, and we don't do carols. We would have done them years and years ago, but we don't do carols. I might have a little, you know. <laughs> I might do them sort of fairly, fairly quickly, so you get the gist of what Christmas morning is uh, is about. Eight four eight five oh Steve at lbc dot uh, Another one here, very quickly. Let's try and get as many of these in as we can this morning. I think it's the uh, the first um, the first day that you're going to go. Matt, don't take the car out today. I'm I'm not. I'm not superstitious, but they've said the 5th of December is known as Accident Day. Because people get a bit, you know, I've seen bad driving. God knows I saw bad driving yesterday. I was going down a road, and it was near Marylebone Station. And coming towards me was a cyclist on my side of the road. Coming to it, so I flashed. And of course, being, being fairly aggressive behind the wheel, I shouted out the window. Please, use your side of the road, I said in my best Etonian accent, which, of course, she didn't hear. Uh, And then I shouted some more obscenities. And I thought, driving? uh, Seriously, that was an accident waiting to happen. She's driving towards me on my side of the road. Stupid people. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. Find out the first escalator in the UK. First escalator in the UK. We're going to, to find out and um, I'll try and weave in as many of these as I can before the end of the programme. Being a good boy, I think. I miss British seaside culture, says Richard. The Kiss Me Quick hats, the rock, the penny arcades, penny drops, and of course, fish and chips and mushy peas. Yeah, a simple life, wasn't it? First moving staircase. And uh, here it is. It looks, uh, looks lovely. But where is it? Oh, right, it's... It is Harrods. This is the first moving staircase. Apparently, at the top, they used to have somebody who'd give you a brandy when you got off it. God, I tell you, I'd be up and down there all day. I'd get a little brandy, a little Seussle, and come down again. What year was that? Nin- oh, sorry, 1898. 1898. Nervous customers were up with brandy when they reached the top to help them recover from their ordeal. Oh, <laughs> God. Now... Oh, the actual descriptions on the on the poster. Uh, the possibilities before the new staircase seemed endless. As far as the shops are concerned, it seemed as though it would solve the difficulty of getting people to do their shopping higher than the first floor. People love it. A remarkable substitute for the ordinary lift or elevator, which is quite a novelty in this country. They never need to be any of these vexatious weights which occur when an ordinary lift is in use. The sketch... By a delightful movement, which is both exhilarating and fascinating, you're carried from floor to floor without the least effort and without any of these unpleasant thrills which lifts always succeed in giving to the nervous person. I think they'll find it so popular that there will scarcely be a store or a great trading business in London that will not be glad to institute the same invention. That's just a lift. Sorry, that's just an escalator. Have you known that in Harrods they've got metal? Bars in there, so you can't push a trolley through them, and so you—it's uh, very confusing. And um, but I, I do quite like it. It's ever so posh, isn't it? When you think about department stores, I can remember going to a place years ago called Gamages uh, to see Father Christmas, and I only sussed it out later because you go in and and you and you went on the boat to meet Father Christmas, and so you all go in. They open a door and there there's the boat waiting and so you all sit down waiting and and then the walls start moving to give the impression that you're moving forward, which was all very lovely somebody's at the front going hey ho we're going to meet father christmas and I'm thinking wow it's like cool when you're a kid this is like cool and then and then the boat came to a stop and we went outside and there was father christmas Father Christmas was dispensing presents and everything else. And I suddenly realised there's two doors at the back of the boat. The door where we went in was separate from the door where we came out and went to meet Father Christmas. And that was my first experience. And I've always enjoyed doing it. I, when I worked in a department store years ago, I used to love Christmas when they would make the grotto up and they'd go, oh, this year we've got Pelham puppets or this year it would be um, uh, polar bears. It was always some sort of animatronic was always some sort of thing that sort of... "Mm." They've got it down at uh, the Bentall Centre. I think they've got bears again this year. Not as big as last year. Perhaps there's not as much money around. But I do like an animatronic display. I thought if ever I had the money, I'd have something like that. Or felling out a big merry-go-round in the front of the garden. But I don't... I don't have the money for a merry-go-round, and I don't have a garden. It's a bit pointless, isn't it, really? So that's kind of another avenue. But I could put it in the car park, actually, yes. <laughs> Penny says, Scarlett says she pays her mum and dad's mortgage so she can pay it all off now. Well, it depends how much she actually got. I, I, mean, I should imagine probably 25000 thirty 30000 be. Uh, wouldn't be anything else than that. She she doesn't warrant that sort of money. So she might be able to make a bit more. Kevin says, is Harry's idea of preparing for meeting Meghan, meaning a trip to the barbers, for something for the weekend, sir? What they used to say at the barbers, you know, have your hair cut and they go, something for the weekend. And I used to say, I'm 12. Of course not. Don't be so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> something for the weekend, sir. A little something for the missus. <laughs> really? We've well, got chocolates and everything. We used to love it. <laughs> God, the days of condom machines, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't understand why anybody would accept hush money for being abused, says June. Um, It wouldn't have mattered if I'd been offered millions. I would never have accepted as doing it would have left an abuser free to strike again. The only compensation I ever wanted was justice and knowing he couldn't do it to anyone else. Well, this is this was the interesting one because this this came out years later after it. After. I mean, he was sorry. He was quite out came out in 2014. But the abuse happened. You know, years ago, because the bloke concerned died in the 80s. And so then the company, I don't think he went to them and said, I want £50,000. I think they offered compensation. And obviously somebody had decided that £50,000, but it's not the £50,000. I mean, I've always argued no amount of money is going to compensate you for what you've been through. 50 grand or, or no fifty grand. It was the fact that they wanted him to sign this thing, saying he wouldn't say anything about it. That's what's so creepy about it. So uh, we've just been sitting here talking about the fact that I was abused by your coach at your club, and you're offering me fifty thousand quid, but with a confidentiality clause. Pfft. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, James says apparently people in Finland are able to vote for Sarah because of a voting loophole. Well, anybody could, anybody who can watch it, I should imagine, would be able to to vote. It's like buying tickets. When you buy tickets online for the lottery, you have to make sure you're not in the Isle of Man or something. Why are they excluded in the Isle of Man? But I, I don't know anything about um, about people in Finland. I don't think. Uh, Ian says, got back from holiday on Thursday, had to go to the supermarket Friday. Never again. Full of old people barging into I was battered and bruised by the time I got home. Why does anybody go out? We've got a cardo and we've got all these delivery firms. They'll deliver it to your door. You don't need to go out at all. There is no point in going out. You know, if you're an elderly person, why would you want to go out? Don't go out. Stay in. Uh, Bentall's in Bracknell is closing down, says Jackie. did you even know there was a Bentall's in Bracknell. Is it closing? Very difficult for places to make money now. Stevie should do an interview with Auntie Enid every Christmas. How does she sound without her teeth? She whistles. She whistles. So there's a lot sh- like that all the way through. It's very diff- First of all, I thought she was trying to do a tune. And I I did think to myself, perhaps, and so I I tried to, so she'd be saying, so, Steve, and we went all the way, and I, so I started joining in with the chorus, or what I thought was the chorus, which, of course, just made her a bit more angry. But anyway, we've now taken away her teeth permanently. There's no point, there's no point in giving them back. Most of the food she eats is liquidised. It's the best way they like it in the home. And she's heavily sedated, heavily sedated. In fact, sometimes she barely recognises me. (laughs) mainly because the room is pitch black and we don't put the lights on. She not like bright lights. Coming up very shortly, news at five o'clock this morning. It's Monday, it's the 5th of December. It's Steve Allen, and I'm with you till seven, the day the Queen Mother mocked Blair's cool Britannia. Uh, Planning a Christmas bash? Of course you are. They've started already, my driver told me this morning. The unpalatable truth about restaurant wine rip-offs. What's the markup? Huge, huge for... Hattie old wine. Old soldier Joe falls in for his first shift. Jose Mourinho, I'm innocent of attacks. He's got millions that has been put overseas, they've uh, discovered. The Chelsea apology, too little, too late, I'm afraid. Uh, The pub, which has barred Christmas jumpers. And the festive frocks from 20 quid, because the girls will be buying festive frocks. Why? Because that's what we do. Because we're mad. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to have your company. Four minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, and uh, we're with you till seven o'clock this morning. So, if you're planning a Christmas bash, and come on, we all do it. You go out, you order your wine, you order your prosecco. You don't really think about the markup, do you? But there's a huge markup. You know, a bottle of prosecco that might cost them say four pound fifty is up to twenty five thirty pounds in a in a restaurant. That's the markup. I mean, there are restaurants where you can actually take your your own booze, but. Um, I don't know of any, as you can imagine. The day the Queen Mother mocked Blair's cool Britannia, Uh, the Queen of the Jungle is Scarlet Moffat. Claim to fame, she sits there on a sofa watching television. That apparently is our version of a celebrity nowadays. It's good, isn't it? No need to freeze this winter. I've said to you before, if you're an old-age pensioner, uh, or you're somebody who's got a, a critical illness, turn on the heating. Tony, don't, don't you worry about the consequences, I promise you, don't you worry about the consequences. Any, any company that picks on elderly people is going to be getting short, sharp shrift from the newspapers. Uh, the uh, the agonising death careers cruel meat trade, but this is a turnaround story. This is a turnaround story. One woman who owns one of these uh, dog farms—I don't call them puppy farms—over here we have the puppy farming, which is a vile industry where sick dogs are sold to people for extortionate amounts of money. Nine out of ten times, they're dead even before their first Christmas has passed. These are the dog farms where people are now getting guilt pangs, and they're rehoming the dogs. They're rehoming dogs. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, so it's sort of it's a it's a bit of a bit of a turnaround, you know. It's, um, it's, it's, it's very interesting. There's one woman, she's, she's already given away 200 dogs. 200 dogs. Because I think, um, I think, uh, her children said, oh, we want, um, we want a pet. And so she's felt guilty about it. So she's decided that she's going to give away all her dogs. You know, it's as simple as that. So, a lot of people talking about uh, about Scarlett Moffat and how entertaining she was. Well, at least she didn't get drunk. At least she didn't stand under the shower all the time like poor little Ola Jordan. The sad, desperately lonely Ola Jordan who's desperate to be famous. And, uh, you know, uh, her route, obviously the wrong route, as anybody will tell you. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. A lot of people telling me about the first escalator being in Harrods. It's only a short escalator as well. Only a short escalator, uh, because they they weren't sure that people could actually stomach going on something. Nowadays, you've got huge escalators. My favourite ones are the travelators. So as opposed to an escalator that goes up, these are just flat, and it saves you having to walk to the aircraft. You'd thought in this day and age of us trying to be healthy, making people walk to the aircraft without standing on a travelator would be the way forward. But I I, I go on them. All the time, I love travelators. <laughs> On those odd occasions I've been up to the airport, I love it. I just think they're, they're they're just sort of great. You think to yourself, I haven't got the the energy to actually walk. Some of them are miles. You go into uh, into some into some uh, airports overseas, and um, and oh god, you go from here to there. It's like twenty minutes. They have to tell you how far away it is now, and they go actually to go from here to here will be about about twenty minutes. <laughs> and you think, are you sure? Are you sure? They go, yeah, absolutely. And uh, apparently, uh, Casey says, I urge your listeners to sign up to receive emails from some mainstream restaurants. When it's your birthday, they send you a voucher for a bottle of Prosecco. I wish they did around our way. I do buy Prosecco, as you can well imagine. In fact, I've actually got to go out and um, and get some Prosecco today. But I've got to... What else have I got to do? I've got to nip the car into the garage. I just want them to have a look at something. And um, apparently... Michael Fabricant has been offered, uh, you know, uh, a a job on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which he turned down, as you can well imagine. People do turn these things down. You don't have to to do them. Uh, I know somebody who actually books for these. And... um, And they sort of, they did say to me ages and ages ago, would you ever be?" I said, absolutely not in a million years. Thank you very much indeed. I can't, seriously, there's no amount of money. If you're that desperate to either resurrect a career, which I don't need to do, or to have a career, which I don't need to do, or to earn 20 grand, which I don't need. Well, we could always, always do with a bit of extra cash, you know, if I win it on the lottery. But apart from that, I'm not, I'm not going to put myself out for anybody. Thank you very much. I don't need to do something like that. You know, and you're going to be eating things that move. No, I'm not. No, I'm absolutely not. Well, why not? Because I don't want to. Well, we send you home. Listen, sending me home is no hassle. I'll be staying at the Versace Hotel for the duration. That's why, you know, when they suddenly kick them out, they don't, they don't complain about it. Uh, Mary says, oh, here we go, I'm now in trouble again. I finally gave in and bought the luxury mince pies from Iceland. They're lovely. Can I say it's your fault when I get on the scales at Slimming World on Friday? You see, I refuse to take, you know, onus on this one. Although they do taste an awful lot nicer with some custard on. Do, I put, do you know what I put on? I had two mince pies last night. I have to be honest. I don't. I'm not huge mince pie. I, I like them occasionally. Do you know what I actually put on there? Yogurt. I put. Oh, did we find it? There. You go. Oops. What are you doing? Okay. Thought so we're just searching for the milk again. Very exciting. That's it. Lovely. Thank you. And um, yeah. So I, I put yogurt, mango yogurt, on mince pies. It sounds disgusting, doesn't it? But to be honest, I know. It's the only yogurt I had. I had live yogurt. I don't even know what that means. I seriously don't know what that means. I had live yogurt and um and I did uh, I poured them over the uh, the mince pies. <laughs> I don't know why. And I ate them, and they were actually quite tasty, but I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. Custard is actually a lot better. Custard is actually an awful lot better. Uh, 84850 oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. I'll try and get in as many of these as possible I can today, as I say, because it being Monday, Monday's generally busiest day of the week, and uh, a lot of people talking about. They're still talking about Chelsea. It's still in the papers today. It's still in the papers. They. Somebody's. The worst thing is about these. This thing at Chelsea. Who signed that check? Who is the name in the frame? Let us know. We know that the person who perpetrated the crimes, allegedly, is dead. I say allegedly. I don't really need to use the word allegedly. Because, uh, obviously, if, the, uh, if Chelsea believed this person and offered £50,000... Not like offering five grand, is it? £50,000. £50,000. Awful lot of money. But uh, who is the person who signed this thing? Because you would get a copy of it as well. You would have a copy saying that we have paid £50,000 in full and final settlement. And it reminded me of a a friend of mine who had a dodgy accountant. And uh, the accountant uh, was being a little bit economical with the truth. Anyway, this friend of mine found out that the accountant had been doing the dirty on him. And so he then went to the bank and they had to get down all the bank statements and everything else to find out how much money he hadn't been paying to the inland revenue. And in the end, this friend of mine got back just under £100,000, which was tax due to the revenue, but the accountant hadn't paid it over. And you know the rules. If you've got a dodgy accountant, that's your problem. Nothing to do with the revenue at all. You can't then go to him and go, well, he sounded all right. In this particular case, the accountant said, I'll give you back £99,120 or whatever. I can't remember what it was. Uh, But you have to sign this clause saying that is full and final settlement. So, in fact, it probably could have been more. Probably could have been more money. So when Chelsea do it to somebody who has just sat down and spoken to them about, about abuse, and they go, um, 50? F- 50,000 pounds? And that's it? And, um, uh, somebody says there are two travelators at Waterloo Station. No, there's not. Absolutely not. No. Waterloo Underground there is, yeah, but not at, uh, Waterloo Underground? Where's the travelator? And it's a travelator as opposed to an escalator. Oh, right. But, uh, Waterloo Tube Station, says Steve. Yeah. Actually, yeah, in the tube, not up the uh, the top. I know that there's two escalators actually up there to get people up and down from the shops. I've never even been up there, do you know? Never even been up there. And um, Paul says, uh, don't worry about walking at airports. When you win the lottery, the aircraft will come to you. I know, a friend of mine phoned me the other day and, um, and, it, and what was it? He said, um, oh, he said, uh, I'd like to come and see your show at the Hippodrome on the Monday. And I said, oh, my God, I said, don't do that. Don't do that. And he said... Um, and he was going to book into a hotel in Teddington and then come down with me to the show. I said, absolutely not. Don't do that. Go frighten the life out of me. Don't want people coming down. We just want normal people there. We don't, we don't want anybody who's not normal. And he, he he's not normal. And uh, Colin reckons I need to do something more exciting with my life. I think my life is absent. He's in Cumbernauld, poor soul. Um, I think my life is very exciting. So you? I'm on the radio six days a week. I could talk about just about anything, just about anything legal and decent. They pay me. I know, I know, that's the surprising bit. They actually pay me for this. I have a very nice life. I've got two live shows coming up, both of which are sold out, which is very nice indeed, very pleasing. And uh, and I've sorted Christmas out. I didn't do the Christmas cards yesterday. I was going to, but I didn't. Uh, So I might have to try and get round to doing them today because I've got two interviews this week for In Conversation. Uh, one of them is Matthew Bourne, who, as you know, has got the Red Shoes, which is uh, the big Christmas show at Sadler's Wells. And uh, I go every year. We, we buy tickets for Sadler's Wells every year to go and see the Matthew Bourne production because it's always brilliant. So I'm looking forward to talking about the Red Shoes, which many of you will remember as the film uh, with starring Moira Shearer. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, paying someone to keep their mouth shut about something illegal surely is perverting the course of justice. It's quite its quite normal. I, I promise you, it is quite normal when you're paying somebody money for something. Just supposing you owned a big company and uh, you've got somebody who needs to, uh, needs to go because of bullying allegations. They would say, listen, we're going to pay you money, but uh, we'll pay this and you're not to talk about it. OK, if you talk about it, and I did hear a case, actually. I did hear a case about uh, 20 years ago of a company who paid money to somebody uh, for such a case, for such a case. And um, somebody within the company wrote about it on the Internet. And uh, they were working for the same company that the person had been fired from. And they, they were fired immediately because they, you know, people have been told you don't talk about this kind of thing. But uh, But you're right. You know, to give somebody £50,000 hush money and then make them sign, you know, whether you tart it up and call it a confidentiality uh, order, it's, it's a gagging order. That's what it is. It's to stop you talking about something that uh, they obviously believe happened if they're prepared to pay £50,000. And uh, they only lifted it the other week. This was done two years ago, this, uh, this deal. But the person who perpetrated the crime is dead. Doesn't make any difference, does it? Doesn't make any difference at all. They, they put Rock Hudson on trial after he was dead. Uh, and his place in court was represented by an empty chair in America. He was sued by uh, by I think a former boyfriend who had said that um, because Rock Hudson knew that he was HIV positive he knowingly had sex with him, knowing that he could have infected him so that 's what he was suing for. I think he was awarded something like sixty million dollars, but it came down to ten million dollars so uh, yes you can you can take people to court even after they die
0: you 're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: That law comes into place in Scotland about not smoking in the car with kids. And uh, you can face up to a £1,000 fine. I can't wait to see when they're going to bring... You know, I know they've said they've brought it in, but will they ever implement it? You know, the sort of people who are smoking in the cars with kids probably haven't got £1,000. Hughes Swansea Music, thank you, is uh, still there. Looking forward to Christmas, I hope. And, uh, oops, sorry, Dean. Uh, Dean, I missed. He said, great photos... Yes, we, um, I didn't take them, but they were done on my phone. And uh, we were in Regent's Park yesterday morning. And uh, we took these, well, he did, he, he took these, he, he's a bit better because he is a photographer, uh, of the sun coming out. It was, I, mean, I know they almost look really, really professional pictures. <laughs> they really do. But it was so pretty, so pretty. And then, uh, then he, he took a picture. He said, what do you think of that? I went, oh, bloody cold, keep walking. I'm frozen to death. They're beautiful pictures, aren't they? I mean, literally, just that was just walking through Regent's Park in the morning. We wanted to get the old. Isn't it good to know? Does that ring any bells with you? Does that? Does that? that we we didn't put the whole jingle in there. If if I go, no, no. the 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 jingle used to be "Isn't it good to know?" Was <sighs> it before your time? Oh, right. Bit of an anorak thing, that. Many of you will know exactly. That was just part of the jingle. You can turn on the world, you can turn on the show, you can turn on the world with da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what it is now? Right, OK. That's why we didn't put it... But, it, I mean, Regent's Park looks... We've taken some fantastic pictures, you know, in the morning. And you wouldn't believe... I mean, these are these are good enough quality to be printed. Seriously. And that's just with a phone camera. That's the iPhone, incidentally iPhone camera. I'm sure other cameras are equally as good, but you know, we, we took the pictures and people were going, you haven't taken those, yeah. Uh, Steve, thank you for playing the new Spice Girls gem single. That's Eurovision sorted for next year. I think I think it's hit, absolute hit, 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 without shadow of a doubt. First time I heard it, I thought that's very catchy, very very catchy. Can they can they do it live? I should imagine probably yes. Tom in Essex wants to know what time I get up in the morning. Um, uh, last night, what time did I get up in the morning? Uh, last night I got up. What time I got up half past twelve yesterday because uh, I wanted to have a longer shower than usual. I want I had some new shower gel to try out. How shallow is my existence? I wanted. to... You know when you've got on shower gel and you and you go, oh, I can't wait for that. And I've got a really really hot shower. I mean, it's really lovely. And I've bought this new shower head, which is sort of like a drencher kind of thing, which I absolutely adore. And so you sort of, you know. Or your ablutions, but it was the new new shower gel. Uh, Steve says, if I remember rightly, the two travelators at the Waterloo Underground station are between the Jubilee Line and the Northern Line platforms. Yes, they are. Uh, Mick says, am I correct in saying that Michael Jackson paid out twenty million to keep a young boy's silence? Yes, this was Geordie Chandler, uh, but they were quite keen to point out at the time, and I think it was sixteen million. I think um, for Geordie Chandler, uh, who has since said that nothing happened at all. ...with Michael Jackson. Nothing happened at all. Michael Jackson just happened to, like, the company of young people. I don't know why people would see something in that... ...because when they did the documentary about Neverland... ...Michael Jackson was there and Geordie Chandler was there with his brother... And The parents happily let him. If they thought there was anything going on, they wouldn't have uh, allowed it. But he, he got the money. But they they were very keen to point out this was this is no admission of anything at all. If you remember Michael Jackson, you know, one of the world's biggest superstars was backwards and forwards in and out of court. I don't think it ever came to anything, did it? If Memory serves me correctly. Can't remember. It just seems a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Uh, Sue Ann says first Christmas tree up in the kitchen. Due to the builders coming January, more lights up. Good. It's a seven-foot tree, incidentally. A seven-foot tree, which is uh, about the size of my one. i must take a picture of my one, actually. So It's quite uh, quite effective. And it, it does make you feel a bit Christmassy. It does make you feel as though, you know... Mm, Matt says there was a time when there were standards in this country. When was that? Do tell. Do tell when there were standards. I think, you see, we all have... We all have sort of selective memory syndrome where you believe, you know, that people say, oh, it was it was better years ago. There was just as much crime years ago. There were just as many robberies, just as many people thieving, just as many people breaking into your place as there is today. It's just that years ago, the police were a little bit more on it. I, I, I went down yesterday and there was a police car in our car park in a space with the engine running and the lights on, but the doors were locked. And I thought, well, that's an odd thing. So I... I phoned up the police. It's very difficult. You can't get put through to your local police station. You have to deal with the Metropolitan Police, and you've got an operator who then passes it on to somebody else. And so it's it's a wee bit tedious. And, you know, if there was a robbery in progress, you just never... You have to dial 999, I think, for that. And, uh, and I said there's this car here. Eventually, after about half an hour, the two... Two police officers came back and I said, how does that work that the car is actually on? The engine was running. The lights were on, but the doors were locked. And he, he gave me some waffly story about it being the computer and uh, and this and it didn't turn. Uh, whatever it was, I remember thinking, how bizarre. You can keep the car turned on and the engine still running. But, uh, but they parked in the most inaccessible space. Absolutely the worst place to park for sort of getting out. Um, another one here says, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, uh, uh, another one here. This is on, uh, oh, uh, Vermulins is closing before Christmas, says Liz and Colbert. Is it really? I've been to Vermulins loads of times. They're closing, are they? I bet it's housing. I bet it'll go for housing. We went to, I mean, you know, the, because if you look at some of these garden centres, they're on very big plots of land, and I should imagine where Vermulins is, which is very, very near to the airport, they'd have no trouble in putting up 200 flats on that site. You know, you could work it out for yourself how much the site is worth. And then people who work at the airport want to go there. It's on a, it's quite near to Staines. Colnbrook, as you know, it's there. So that's closing as well. Oh dear, I hate things closing. We just lost another shop in Twickenham. We lost a few this year. Uh, a shop that sold baby clothes next to Waitrose has been there since I've been there. More than 26 years. And uh, they had the signs posted on the window the other day that they can't compete with uh, online and uh, cheap foreign imports coming in. And people have gone there for years to get all their baby stuff. I was very disappointed about that. I was was telling Paul Cooper, I said, there's another shop that's closed. He said, really? I said, yeah. You know, because Christmas is is the time that places start closing down, which is not good at all. Grace has been eating two mince pies a day for the past three days. I haven't with cups of tea. Puff pastry, and I'm afraid they're very fattening. They are absolutely very fattening. I mean, I, I shouldn't be telling you this, but you're very, very naughty. Because you shouldn't be uh, eating them at all. I mean, you know, not two a day. I mean, that's just that's just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, front page of The Sun this morning Super Scar, Gogglebox, uh, Star is Jungle Queen. Gogglebox. So, have you noticed how we bandy this, this word around? Star. They're not stars, they're just media personalities. Uh, Best of friends, the Ripper's new jailmate is Huntley. Uh, Luckily, the Yorkshire Ripper's gone blind, so that's fantastic news. Very happy. I'm hoping he'll die shortly and save us a small fortune, and Ian Huntley can go the same way. He's he's helping him get around. Huntley is helping the Yorkshire Ripper get around. Sick people. Sick people. Uh, Harry's girl pal is Baywatch Queen. This is somebody called Priyanka Chopra. No, we're none the wiser. She's just... Just another actress, I think. And um barrister uh Rob Rinder. A butch name, but uh anything less. Uh was booted off strictly last night and is backing Louise Redknapp to win. Oh god, really? How dreary. There's uh Priyanka Chopra and uh Born in Eighty Two. Oh, don't you hate it when you see people born in eighty two? And uh You were born in 90, were you? Even more depressing. She's a singer, actress, film producer, philanthropist, and the winner of Miss World 2000 Pageant, one of England's... Sorry, one of India's highest-paid and most popular celebrities. And Time magazine named her one of the 100 most influential people in the world. She aspired to study aeronautical engineering. Didn't we all? We all did things like that, didn't we? And so she's got loads... I love the idea. Actress, singer, model, film producer, philanthropist. Oh, God, how dreary. What a goody two-shoes you turn out to be. Anyway, she the height of her fame is she's going to be appearing in Baywatch. Not really. Oh, she's released three singles. Anybody? Any, no, nobody bought those, I'm afraid. And she's particularly vocal about gender equality and gender pay gap. And her off-screen life uh, is the subject of substantial media coverage. In other words, she's in a... Attend- look at me, look at me, look at me. I love the actress, singer, model, film producer... I'm surprised she didn't put down Citizen of the World, you know, champion of everybody's causes and things like that. But she's also got her own production company, Purple Pebble Pictures, and uh, it's marvelous, isn't it? She's very good. She's also done charity fashion work. She's worked for UNICEF. In fact, she's just so brilliant. You'd think she was a member of the Beckham family. She's just so so brilliant. She's she donated 5 million, which was 74,000 pounds, $74,000 to Uh, build a hospital, a cancer ward, and um, the ward named after her late father. You get so much more, don't you, in India. $74,000 gets you a cancer ward. I mean, you get so much more. I think we need to start getting it. Oh, by the way, uh, I forgot to mention, I'll tell you very quickly, that um, Joel Domet, the one who nobody knows, um, in the thing, is planning to set up Camp Down Under permanently. Fantastic. He's going to house hunt in Melbourne. Brilliant. Stay there, love. Stay there, because we don't know who you are. We have no idea. Still to come, the sleeping policeman. He keeps falling asleep and he's on duty. Somebody will name him by tomorrow.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Love, 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 love the pictures in the sun today. It a, a police support officer uh, who's been caught repeatedly snoozing on duty. In fact, he's barely awake. The hapless crime fighter's been spotted texting, making calls from his personal mobile phone. Uh, he's been napping... Uh, on a bus, he's been napping in a car. Uh, somebody says he, he's operating in Harrow in Northwest London. I don't have a name, otherwise I'd give it to you. Somebody says all he seems to do is yap on his phone or get some kippin, in. He's got no shame. He's supposed to be looking out for us. It's nice to know my taxes are being well spent. Uh, the PCOs—they're the, they're the sort of uh, Nick Fry would, uh, I suppose, describe them as the plastic police officers. Um, get between twenty two and £24,000. Then there's a shift allowance of up to 20%. They also get a London allowance uh, of up to £3,500 free travel on the capital's buses and good pensions. Apparently a Met police spokesman said the force was aware of the allegations and the pictures. Senior officers will discuss the circumstances surrounding these images with the officer when he's next on duty. Why don't you just go round to his house and fire him? What's the point of having somebody who's asleep on the job? Hello, would you mind... Wh- Hello? What are we paying you for? We're paying you to go to sleep, are we? Perhaps he's sort of... Perhaps he's got another job as well. And he's sort of managing to fit it in, but he just decides that when he's a pretend policeman, he's going to go to sleep. I would have thought you don't need to discuss this or wait till he's on duty. Fire him. This man's not fit for purpose. There's actually a, a video at the thesun.co.uk of him sleeping. Ridiculous. Have you ever seen anything like it? I mean... He, you lose the will to live, don't you? Uh, what else we got here? Ghetto Blaster. This is the report wraps governments for divided towns. And uh, they've got pictures of Bradford. where well, you wouldn't know it was Bradford, but it's only because it's got a mosque there. People talking about mosques. Oh, then there was another story, which, I, again, it's a typical story from the, uh, the paper. It's... Um, It's Muslims in Fury. Well, it's not really, it's just one. And this is Amazon, who've apologised for selling a doormat with Allah's name on it. I mean, it came through uh, another company, actually. Muslim councillors were angry the name was featured on a product intended for wiping feet. The mats listed by a third-party seller have since been removed. Mariam Khan... uh, tweeted, these mats are extremely offensive to Muslims. Yes, all right, dear. I mean, can't you, you um, make a big drama out of it? It was for a third party. Amazon said we can confirm the products are no longer for sale. So, extremely offensive to Muslims. Yes. Well, sure it is. But they'll be taken off sale, all right? Grow up. Good Lord, honestly. All wonder people get their knickers in a twist, don't they, when you sort of get people jumping up and down. I should imagine Amazon have got, you know, aware of every single item that they've got. Uh, apparently... And uh, the police car left running is a system for emergency vehicles that allows star to leave the engine running to protect vehicle batteries it 's called run lock I think that 's probably what they actually explained to me the other day but i didn't i didn 't quite uh, quite get it but it was sit- about half an hour it was sitting there. I thought I wonder if I could have actually got in it and driven away. Could have had my own police car for about twenty minutes. Uh, Steve, making a four-layer lemon drizzle gâteau. Smells amazing. Buttercream, lemon curd, middle with soft peat meringue on the top. Delish, says Tracy. Sounds gorgeous. Sounds lovely. Steve, I'm planning to go to a fancy dress party. as a chimney sweep. So I'm going to have to put... Oh, should I contact the PC brigade? I, I, can't you go as something else? Couldn't you? Couldn't you go as sort of Father Christmas or something? I saw some lovely suits in Debenhams. They're obviously not for my size, because otherwise I'd have bought one. And you get the jacket and the trousers, and they've got all holly over there. They look really smart. Only about 60, 70 quid, but uh, not in my size. I did look. You could see the assistant peering over going, we've got nothing in your size, fat boy. Walker's mince pies, very yummy, says Simon. That's the booze, isn't it? My brother's made his Christmas cake this year. He hasn't iced it. I can't imagine what it's going to look like, but he's he's currently bo- filling it with booze at the moment. So every uh, every few days... You pour more booze into it, and so that the cake becomes <laughs> infused <laughs> or drunk. Uh, Steve, love your chat with Ken Hom at the weekend. What an interesting chat, yes. And uh, you can download both of those Ken Hom and Joe Malone. Both available to download, well, I think so. Both available, yes, to download on the LBC website. And uh, some good chats there. I like Ken Hom and love Joe Malone. Love Joe Malone. But uh, we've got some good ones coming up over Christmas for you. Ian says emergency service vehicles have a thing called run lock because the only the onboard computer needs so much power you can press a button when parked, remove the keys to lock the car, leaving it secure. Ah right. I think that's what they the guys tried to explain to me yesterday. See I didn't know, I've never heard of it. Run lock. I thought it was unusual that, you know, the engine would still be running. And I suppose it's you're right, it's the it's the onboard computer which probably takes up all the power because it was all it was all singing, all dancing. Tom says, why is anybody making lemon meringue pie at 5.30 in the morning? I don't know. What are you asking me for? I don't cook, thank God. And um, Harvey, not not Katie Price's Harvey, although that, that made the uh, the papers again. Uh, Katie Price, uh, who went to uh, apparently go and um, get her tanning done. you think she could afford her own tanning bed, but obviously times are really hard for Katie Price. And uh, still hanging on to that marriage, by the way, which is good. And um, and she went to go and she parked her vehicle on a disabled bay using the disabled sticker, but there was no Harvey in there. I mean, otherwise, your son's sitting in there while you go and have a, a tan. is a bit sad, isn't it, really? And so I'm assuming he was at home and she thought that she could park illegally because if you've got a disabled badge, the person whose badge it belongs to should be in the vehicle. And, of course, Harvey wasn't in the vehicle. And even if she said, I've just dropped him off that would not cover you at all. They've got to be in the vehicle for the, uh, for the disabled badge to be used. So, a little bit naughty of Katie Price. It carries a £1,000 fine. I'm hoping the police will be implementing that very, very shortly. If, of course, it was her. It was... Who's this other Harvey? Who's this other... Oh, Harvey is the sofa firm. Completely different. Completely different. Uh, they've been savaged. Uh, Fed-up families claim it's only one of a series of daft excuses by Harvey's Furniture. I don't even know Harveys Furniture. But you know, you see adverts on the terrace and they go, order now in time for Christmas. This this isn't one of them. They come from Barnsley in South Yorkshire. And uh, Joanne Allsop, 33. Why does it make a difference how old she is? Joanne Allsop, 33. Shortly to be 34, I should imagine. Expected her £1,500 sofa to be delivered two weeks ago. She said, their customer services told me it was on a boat stranded at sea. Tracy Tuff. Yes, ordered two sofas... They don't know how old she is. She could be seven, as far as I'm concerned. She ordered two sofas and a recliner chair, but said on social media they delivered one sofa, a chair, and half a sofa. Lynn Ainscow posted a picture of her mum sitting in a camping chair and said, my mum has dementia and nothing to sit on as her £2,000 sofa hasn't arrived. And Luke Sadler said, finally got our sofa five weeks late. Harvey's apologised and asked the angry customers to contact them. Naughty old Harvey's! But then the trouble is, if you order a lot of your furniture from China, it would be coming in a container. And it could quite literally be floating around in the beautiful briny somewhere there. And you just have to wait until they can land the thing. And then the containers come in. And then they can they can sort of undo them. And they can go, look, we've got your, your furniture. And they go, lovely. No, not not, not yours. The, the, this other one. Yours hasn't arrived yet. Yours is still floating around in a warehouse somewhere. Um catwalking in a winter wonderland yes it's uh, naomi campbell and kate moss out in winter wonderland obviously somebody decided to capture a little picture of them and um the obvious advice megan and pip joined at the quip and uh this is megan who might or might not be prince harry's on-off girlfriend because to be honest with you he's hardly seen the poor girl i mean honestly she must perhaps they perhaps they, they, they text or facetime or Something like that. I don't know. I don't know what Prince Harry does half the time. Certainly can't dress himself. That's a fact. Uh, Steve, um, if you want um, something, go see for the Christmas weekend. then get a watermelon, uh, stick a small funnel in it, and half a bottle of vodka. About three days, keep it in the fridge. Yeah, that's an old one. In fact, I've done that with watermelon before. To be honest with you, it's easier just to slice the watermelon, eat it, and pour the vodka into a glass. There's no point in wasting vodka in a watermelon because nobody can eat a whole watermelon anyway. So it, it's a bit it's, it's a bit silly. And also, who has room in their fridge for a watermelon? Excuse me? Nobody. Not as far as I know. Uh, Jackie says, um, uh, I forgot to say, I enjoyed Ken Hom and Joe Malone's interviews this weekend. Good. And uh, I've ordered the book for Christmas, somebody else says. I've just got to the office. Frozen, says Sid. And um, somebody says, why don't you tell that uh, listener uh, to go to the fancy dress party is a small Italian island. Or shouldn't he be Sicily? It doesn't even work, does it really? I know when they did the sound of music, uh people went as the hills were alive. You know, you've got two or three people dressed up. People like dressing up. I used to work in nightclubs years and years ago and you could get people to dress and now nobody dresses up because you have to go home on the bus or on the train, you know. <laughs> It's students, isn't it? Because they're all on drugs. You know what students are like now. Oh, yeah. They're all mad round our way. You can always tell they're students because they go round in shorts in the middle of winter, shorts and sat. We, we down the road from me, we've got a fitness college. Luckily, it's had no effect on my life whatsoever. I'm quite grateful to report. But they they go round in shorts. Somebody walked through Twickenham me yesterday in a t-shirt. I mean, what are they doing? Are they proving they're harder than everybody else, or are they just proving that their mummies and daddies can't afford to buy them anything that'll keep them warm? I mean, at least a scarf, you know. Uh, Steve says, "Paul, you said that Scarlet was a nobody when the show started, but it seems that the normal people of the UK have voted for a normal person." Don't be silly, Paul. There are no normal people of the UK. There aren't. Not even you, I'm afraid. I mean, you're in Deal which kind of sums it up, doesn't it? There are no normal people in there. I mean, who are these normal well, normal people who pick up the phone and vote for somebody they don't know on a television programme they know very little about? And you think that's normal, do you? Oh, well, there you go. Uh, minus 17, says Simon, uh, together with Jane in Canada. The wind chill factor of minus 29 and getting colder. It's not here, incidentally. That's in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada where Meghan Markle is, this is unbelievable, Meghan Markle's over there, one of your own who's uh, might or might not be going out with Prince Harry like we care, like we care, I mean Christmas I should imagine, very exciting time in the, in the royal household, uh, Steve, uh, if the police complain to us for leaving our engines on, can we say it's run lock, <laughs> That's a, I never thought about that actually, run lock on your car, have you ever heard of it before, I'd never heard of it. I've never heard of it, so let's, at least I'm learning things. on the, Every day is an education on this programme. And uh, Paul says, you're wrong about the blue badge. If you're doing errands for the blue badge holder, he doesn't have to be in the car. No, you're lying. Absolutely wrong, I'm afraid. Sorry about that, Paul. No, it's uh, the person whose badge... Why, why would you be allowed to go out and park somewhere when you don't have the disabled person with you? Not even for errands. And also, she was going for a sunbed. That's not an errand for Harvey. So there is no law that says that at all. I hate it when people are silly about things. No, it says the person who is the badge has to be in the vehicle, OK? Because it's for their needs, not the person who's running errands for them. And, uh, and if you are doing that, if you're one of those uh, people, then uh, I hope you get caught by the police very, very quickly, which would be great. It's lovely, but uh, no, you're wrong. You can't be doing. But why, why would you be allowed to do something different? You're doing an errand for somebody. That's ridiculous. Have you ever done an interview with uh, Father Christmas? Says Peter and Karen. I have. Yes, we've interviewed Father Christmas. In fact, uh, we used to do phone-ins with Father Christmas every Christmas morning. And um, if there's little people listening, put their fingers in their ears. But uh, somebody is. In fact, he's. Uh, he was a former um, uh, boss at LBC, and he used to to do. Do Father Christmas for me come Christmas morning, and uh, because the real one was busy, and so he used to do it. And in fact, actually, he died only a short while ago, literally only a very very short while ago. But for every Christmas that I was on, uh, we would say, "We're now going to talk to Father Christmas." You go, ho ho ho, Steve, because he was he was helping out the real Father Christmas. <laughs> one of these days I'm going to have to tell the truth about something, aren't I? I could just tell. Uh, Steve, I was able to get two tickets to see the Pet Shop Boys, one of my wife's Christmas presents. They're very hard to get. Yes, they're doing um, uh, I think where are they doing? Is it the uh, Roll Out the Tall next year? I believe. Because a friend of mine said that uh, they said they'd sing for him for his birthday. I said, psh, not particularly bothered, you know. That's the best
0: you can get. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: I wondered why the uh, papers were doing this feature on how much the markup is on booze that you buy in restaurants, and the, and the truth of the, of the matter is that it's it's quite a hefty markup. But then it would be, wouldn't it? It would be. I mean, I, I think there is nothing the matter with actually uh, making sure that that there is a markup. You're never going to get it, are you? Um, uh, another one here, right? This is the blue badge thing. This is the official line. You can only let somebody else use your badge if you're in the car with them. B, you're picking up or dropping off, and they need to park close to where you need to go. If someone else is driving for you, you must let them row the rules, otherwise the council can ask for the badge back. You cannot, you cannot... And you can get a parking fine when you're using the badge. If you misuse the badge on purpose, if you uh, use the badge to park, if you're not planning to leave the car, if somebody else is driving for you, you must let them know the rules. And you can appeal if the badge is taken away. You are not allowed to go out and do shopping, claiming under the guise of I'm doing it for the person who owns the badge. That is totally illegal. So, Pete in Feltham, be very careful. I'm passing your number on to the uh, local disabled... Uh, people just to let them know that you're abusing the badge it is illegal you are not allowed to do an errand for somebody it's as simple as that and that's from citizens advice okay you want to want to dispute that you can take it further matey but uh, it's illegal the person uh, otherwise that would be just stupid wouldn't it so you just sort of go out there just so you can go and do your shopping if you're doing an errand for a shopping or collecting prescription no you park the same as the rest of us if she's in the car that's fine but uh, if you're doing it the other way it's illegal and uh, Eugene says, the disabled person doesn't have to be in the vehicle. I'm afraid they do. I'm afraid they do. That's the law. OK, simple as that. I can't bear to argue with stupid people this morning. I'm Really, it's coming up to the festive season. We've got better things to think about. Uh, after the big freeze, is it warmer than Athens? Well, not at this precise moment, it's not. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, does Meghan's very British puppy love message means Harry's about to take the plunge? They've got a picture of her uh, with some shopping in a trolley. And him standing for another photo opportunity by a waterfall. That's apparently work in the royal family. Anything that involves shaking hands or standing there for a photo opportunity is classed as work. Uh, Another one here. 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. And we'll try and weave all of these in. Uh, The secretive fat cats carving up £7 billion of your money. ...of your money. And they've got the call centre boss handed a million pounds by the board that he sits on. A lovely picture of Esther McVeigh. And uh, this is Asif Hamid, who describes himself as an award-winning entrepreneur and pioneer. He's been photographed with just about everybody. Uh, His call centre used the million pounds it received to move into a new 900-seat premises in the Wirral and take on new staff. The company, owned entirely by Mr Hamid, also benefited from another grant worth £40,500. Money given to a company which helped train his staff and was secured thanks to a bid led by Mr Hamid. Wow. A spokesman for the contact company said the firm and its owner completely reject the suggestions as anything improper about the relationship between LEP, the contact company, and Mr Hamid, or the funding awarded. Amazing, isn't it, really? Even Jamie Oliver got some. Jamie Oliver managed to get £155,000 even though he's got a £200 million restaurant empire, and he's the UK's second biggest author. Uh, Jamie Oliver, 15 Cornwall, was set up in 2006. £3 million of EU money. It has an annual turnover of £3 million, serves 80,000 meals a year with any profits going to charity. Wow. It's amazing how many people get this, uh, this money here. It's, it's quite, quite phenomenal, actually. And If you want to read more... About the pop star's wife who got fifty thousand pounds to sell clothes, you can do, you can do. Uh, isn't it about time we stopped boiling sprouts? Interestingly enough, um, it's the vegetable renowned for dividing opinion. I don't know why. I don't. To be honest with you, I mean, I've, there are lots of other vegetables I can think of that I wouldn't enjoy. Why would people not enjoy sprouts? They abs- I mean, if you wanted to do sprouts with lardons or uh, a little bit of onion. And a little bit of black pepper. That's delicious. It's a meal by itself. It's delicious. I could eat a whole packet of baby sprouts. In fact, I might later on today. But now they're saying if you cut a small cross in the base of the sprout, it turns them soggy and rubbish once you put them in boiling water. I've always said don't. I always steam sprouts. Stir frying them, of course, is equally good. I quite like them a bit al dente, but no, steaming sprouts is fantastic. Seriously, I mean, really, really lovely. And you just put them in. I just, I mean, if I'm doing them, I've got a saucepan, which got a lid on it. It's a see-through lid. And you cook steak or sausages or whatever it happens to be. And then I generally put the um, the sprouts in on the top, stick the lid on. And in about five, six minutes, they've steamed beautifully. I mean beautifully. So uh, don't don't put a cross in them. Because that means that they absorb too much water. And you don't need to do them in, in very much water at all. Just do them quickly. Toss them out. and uh, And then... Little bit of butter. I'm feeling quite hungry actually. I mean could you eat I suppose you could eat sprouts for breakfast. I don't think there's any rule about whether you could not eat I mean why are they not included in, in the in the breakfast tip off? You know, where people go fried bread, sausages, bacon, why could it not be fried bread, sausages, bacon, tomatoes, sprouts? And then and then toast. Why why could you not have why could you not have Get you, says Phil Vickery, lardons? I know. I, have never, I don't think I've ever eaten them. I see, I thought lardons were just bits of bacon cut. So if if I buy a packet of bacon and cut it, which I do with a pair of scissors, does that make them lardons or a lardon something completely different? I don't know whether it's thicker bacon or something like that. Whatever it is, it goes kind of well with sprouts. But there again, I think anything... And also, I tell you what goes down very well with sprouts, mayonnaise. So they go. Lardons um, is a small strip or cube of pork fat. Oh, it's pork fat. Oh, right. Oh. In French cuisine, lardons are served hot in salads and salad dressings, as well as on some tart flambées, stews such as beuf, bourguignon, quiches such as quiche Lorraine, in omelettes with potatoes and for other dishes such as coco van. Well, there you go. The Oxford English Dictionary defies lardon as one of the pieces of bacon or pork which are inserted in meat in the process of larding. Oh, so there you go. It says, uh, a Peg Cook in 1381 advises inserting lardon in cranes and herons. Well, I mean, how much lardon would you need to get up to a crane? I mean, you have to go right up the top. Is it the crane driver? Oh, cranes! cranes there. Oh, did they used to eat cranes in... Oh, in the 1300s we ate cranes, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Not so good, is it? Uh, Mark says, I've now bought three white Toblerones for my wife for Christmas. Have you? You see, I think that's a really naff present. I'm sorry. Toblerone. Excuse me? That's like buying her a sherbet dab or something. It's equally... It's not the same. I saw a huge Toblerone in a shop the other day. It's enormous and I think it was like 30 quid. I think so. It it might not have been. But I I didn't know if it was a giant Toblerone, or is it lots of little Toblerones? Oh, it's a giant Toblerone. But who buys things like that? What people buy... I mean, who would you give a giant Toblerone to? Answers on a postcard. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, right. Does it come in different colours? Is it... Oh, right. It's quite... Right. It's got fewer triangles. Yeah, the spacing is more... It's bigger, isn't it, the space thing? Actually, I'm not bothered about Toblerone. I was, it's out of, all the, out of all the chocolates, I really couldn't care less. I was always a black magic fiend. Or failing that, I used to love a milky bar. I used to love a milky bar. But I haven't eaten one for years because I'm not... Uh, sorry? The milky bars were on me because only, th- only, the, only the strong are good enough. The tastiest milk, the whitest bar. The goodness, that's a milky bar. And then all these kids go, the milky bars are on me. And that's when he got mugged and they took them all away. And the poor Milky Bar kid was lying prostrate on the ground, poor little soul. But people do buy... I've seen giant bars of chocolate for Christmas as well. Please don't buy these things. It can't be good for you. <laughs> it's, just, it's just absolutely terrible. We shouldn't be buying things like that. Buy, buy somebody something different. I can't think what else that you'd buy so, that would be healthy. Healthy. I like, I like melon. It's enormous. Is that the size of that bar? It's a ten-pound Toblerone chocolate. I mean, God Lord, it's it's got bits in it. Oh, it's not. It is huge, isn't it? Oh no, I definitely couldn't buy that. I mean, as as a funny present, I think it would be probably great. But I mean, there's no chance of buying that for anybody. I can't think of anybody in my family who'd be wanting to eat something like that. Really. Anyway, coming up to the news at six o'clock this Monday morning. It's a bit chilly, but don't worry. It's not. It's not as bad as you uh, as you think it is. Somebody says you should uh, make your Christmas cake beginning of September. Feed it a tablespoon of brandy each week. Keep it wrapped in greaseproof paper. Well, I mean, it's going to be the most alcoholic cake we've ever had. Seriously, I mean, he keeps saying I'm still feeding the cake. Then I'll ice it. Oh, I don't know. Uh, The day the Queen Mother mocked Blair's cool Britannia. Swear the oath to live in Britain, migrants are told. After the big freeze, it'll be warmer than Athens. Um, Also, the pub, which has barred Christmas jumpers. It's turned into a bit... I mean, I like them myself, especially ones that have got fires on and things like that. Other people think they're really terrible. And the police may let clubbers get safety tests on the drugs they've just bought. Brilliant.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Coming up five past six. It's Monday, the 5th of December. Who's the worst offender for festive repeats on television? Would you believe the Queen... Somebody has analysed all the speeches that she's given, 63 of them, and found out which words are repeated... I mean, seriously. Somebody's found out which words are repeated the most, which is the most common phrase... How how little Jesus was mentioned in it. There was no mention of that at all. Uh, the Queen of the Jungle is Scarlet Moffat. Apparently she's now set to make millions. There's a bidding war going on, her agent says. And it's all very exciting. So I hope she gets the job in the supermarket. I think she should be able to put all the trolleys into one place. That can't be too complicated for it, can it, really? Uh, Jose Mourinho, I'm innocent over the tax. Well, of course he is. It's still slightly curious, isn't it, when I mean, people have a lot of money? But they all do it. People have a lot of money. Look at old Toss Daly. Toss Daly had two and a half million pounds in a in an account, which she she's sort of taken out and moved somewhere else. So you know, lucky to have that sort of money hanging around. It's there, I suppose, as a fallback. If ever Vernon falls off the wagon again, she can just say, "I've got two and a half million. million." <laughs> Go and do one. Uh, the worst day for driving. More accidents today than on any other day of the year. I don't know why. They just decided to put them through. The Maddy police, Madeline McCann, given the last chance cash to probe a kidnap tip-off. I mean, they're just, they must be flying in the wind, I should imagine, by now. This is um, some latest um, tip-off that they've had that she was kidnapped to order. What? They've only just come up with this after all these... They must be running out of things to talk about. So now they've got uh, £100,000 available to investigate the fresh tip-off three months ago. I mean, as we've all agreed, even if you find Madeleine McCann, she's not going to be speaking English. Even if she was stolen to order... I mean, you had a choice there. The parents just disappeared off and left the children. And they took Madeleine McCann. I mean, she must have been half asleep, I should imagine. Probably sleep completely. I don't think she's dead. Isn't that funny? I don't I don't know why. Because by now they would have found something. You know, they definitely would have found somebody. So, But it's it's taken them this many years down the line and they're nowhere nearer finding out what actually happened to her at all. Uh, Mrs Mays, perfect Christmas, this is Theresa May. She's adamant her Christmas Day routine will not change just because she's Prime Minister. It'll be Doctor Who and a nice Agatha Christie. You see, I thought, actually, Christmas Day, family and friends. I'm assuming she's got no friends. I can only guess. And, of course, we all sit down to watch the Queen, who is the worst offender... Uh, the most predictable and repetitive television programme on over Christmas. Her Majesty, and I'll I'll give you the hard facts, you might as well know exactly what it is, 63 broadcasts to the nation, but of the 42,000 words she's spoken, only 3,991 are distinct words which have never been repeated in the speeches. That's according to University College London, focusing on nouns and phrases and ignoring common words like of and the, They found the speeches frequently use words such as families, commonwealth, children and people. Other repeated phrases include tragic example, shining example, weak and innocent. And they've had a look through these things here. It's published in a book called The Indisputable Existence of Santa Claus, The Mathematics of Christmas. Uh, Also discovered increasing references to Christianity over the years, Jesus was hardly mentioned in the 1950s, but in 2000, there were 20 mentions, with another dozen in 2011. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? We finally brought in Christianity. Because if you remember, Theresa May was talking about Christians will not be excluded from all the festivities. I wasn't aware that they were. Will we be seeing uh, Mrs May going to church over Christmas, one of the rare occasions? Possibly, yes. You would, of course, hear all the repeats in this year's Christmas speech on Christmas Day at 3 o'clock on LBC. And then Richard Spur will be here throughout the uh, the afternoon. As well. And I don't know what he's doing, actually. I've got no idea what he's going to be doing on the programme. I suppose it'll be the, uh, what do we do with leftover turkey? It's always a very popular one, isn't it? And of course, I've had my, my ideas over the years of what to do with the unused turkey. Strangely, nobody's ever taken me up on the offer. If they did, they'd be a contortionist. And I've often thought to myself that, uh, you know, we, uh, our, the turkey in our household was enormous. Seriously, by the time you got to three days after Boxing Day, you were sick to death of another variation of turkey. By that time, you're practically spray-blasting the carcass to get the last remnants of it off. And I don't like the dark meat on the turkey. I only like the uh, the white meat. But I do like my turkey. And I do like my little sausages. And I do like the bacon. I do like crispy roast potatoes. I don't want soggy sprouts. So if you don't want soggy sprouts, don't put the cross in the bottom. I know... Lots of you people do that, but I promise you it's not the way to do it. Um, I don't do... What's the other thing I don't do? Oh, I don't do bread sauce. I seriously couldn't be bothered with bread sauce. If they they stuff the turkey with, with, you know, uh, sage and onion. I mean, I like something a bit... I'm not into these poncy things. They go, sage and onion with cranberry and a slice of strawberry or something. Oh, go away. It's like, you know, posh teas. I've lost track. You know, as far as I'm concerned, a cup of tea is a cup of tea. It's made by Earl Grey, and that's as far as it goes. I like Lady Grey, but then I kept thinking she lost her head, so I wasn't too sure about that one. So I stopped stopped drinking Lady Grey, and I've had English breakfast tea, but uh, there are other teas out there, which I know. And, you know, and now you've got really poncy ones, haven't you? Pomegranate and elderberry flowers. And you think, who? Are- you, want- you-, you like chamomile. You say, what's the point of drinking it? What is the point of chamomile tea? It doesn't do anything. It's like sort of, you know, shower gels, you know, infused with strawberries. What for? What for? If you go in, you cannot just buy a normal shower thing because it's, an, you know, or shampoo. Because they've all got different things in. You know, I remember there used to be, what was it? It was a badidas bath. Did you ever use it? It was horse chestnuts. And apparently, if you poured it into your bath, half-naked men would appear on horses outside the window. Well, I'm telling you now, it it's just rubbish. It was rubbish. I've had baddidas baths in the past. The other stuff which I particularly liked because it turned the water blue was fen gel. Have you ever tried a fen gel bar? You get a little of it for a lot of money and you pour it under the running tap. Uh, But of course, not many people have baths nowadays. People have showers because it's quicker. And there's no point in washing yourself in a bath because you're sitting in the dirt you know, you might as well have a shower and it uses less water, far more economical. But anyway, uh, and so gel I used to love as well. But it was this Badidas thing. Strange things happen after a Badidas bath. Yeah, your money disappeared. You can still buy it now. But it's, I, I bought this shampoo the other day, Tea Tree. Tea tree. It's a plant, apparently, and it's it's medicinal and it's sort of herbal and it's all kinds of stuff. But it's all the tea. You want to see what James... Ask James O'Brien, the next time you speak to him, what he puts in his cup of tea in the morning. He brings out this wizened old plant from about 500 years ago, which he puts into a, a glass. And this thing expands. I thought it was a triffid. The first day I saw it, I thought, what are you? Because he lives in Chiswick. And you know what Chiswick people are like. They're all for... OK, uh, latte for you, skinny latte. With cream. A latte with cream. Two lattes with cream. Two skinny. <clears throat> uh, extra hot. Extra hot on that one. And uh, triple shot cappuccino. Yes. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. Yes, sprinkles as well. They're all like that down there. Round our way. You want a tea, Steve? Yeah, I'll have a tea. Thank you. Want a cup of coffee? Uh, extra try. Skinny. Extra shot. Extra hot cappuccino. Thank you. Grande. Grande. Look at me speaking foreign. I go into Starbucks and I've now learnt another language. Uh, Vende. Sorry? Vendée? Have oh, you try it abroad, they'll be looking at you like you're mad. And all these other different things now. But, but he puts this stuff into this, this glass jar. Seriously, I don't know what it is he's eating. And, and this thing sort of evolves. It looks like a giant sort of flower or something. It's very odd. I mean, I, I did see it sitting in there one day. Oh, dear. Not about that. It looked like it was about ready to climb out of the glass cup and attack us. So I, I stayed well away from it. Well away. 12 minute. No, I'm not telling you. I'm sorry, you're going to miss the train today. I'm really, I've not, I've had enough of it. People keep saying, "Can you give us the time?" No. If you can't read the time by now, you're not getting it at all. Guinevere and Trelawney are in sunny Doha. It says, "Keep up the merriment." The Milky Bar Kid was from Canvey Island. They had loads of Milky Bar Kids. Loads. I never got it. You had to be, um, you had to be blonde, didn't you? Apparently, says Jonathan, who's in Haywards Heath. Okay, yeah, that's obviously like terribly posh. He says, uh, "Poncy teas are not teas." their infusions. Oh, God. How worrying, isn't it? And, uh, Sid is in the van driving to Aberdeen. He says, can you not keep telling us it's the worst day for accidents? I'm, i seriously, I don't know why it is. I don't know why it is. Uh, but it is, the, the fifth is a bad day for accidents. I can only, only report on, you know. <laughs> difficult rest uh, really, I suppose, for something like that, but that's that's what the uh, the police figures are. The police figures are that it's the worst day for accidents simple simple idea is don't go out on the roads today. I saw some terrible driving, terrible driving the other day, not me, I hasten to add I'm actually very very good, and uh, Tom says it's the third time this morning you've mentioned your new show but uh but gel' is buying shower gel a rare occasion for you no i have I've got about <laughs> if I tell you you wouldn't believe me. I've probably got about 30 different shower gels at home. I see them and a friend of mine went to went to Champneys and he brought me back this shower. Gel. He said, there you go. I knew you'd like that. He said, this is the one that they use at Champneys and it smells of palmer Violets. It's really nice. I mean, it's, I used it this morning. It's really, really nice. I'm, I'm absolutely, really, absolutely like it. But then I've got some Penhaligans ones. I've got some Joe Love's shower gels. I used to have years ago. Just boots own in different colours because they, used to, they get, used to look quite flash in the bathroom. Now I've decided I'm going a bit more upmarket with the shower gel and, and I like them to be a bit, bit classier. So I've got one as well that smells of rhubarb, but I get strange looks from people as I walk past them. So I've had to cut back on that one. It smells like rhubarb when you first smell it. And then it doesn't smell like rhubarb after about five minutes. But I still get odd looks from people. Really strange. And uh, I used to love uh, badidas. Steve, can you still get it? Yes, you can. It's, it's horse chestnuts. That's all I know. And apparently, as I say, a naked man used to appear outside your window on a horse. Which, of course, in my case, would be amazing. We're 60 feet up in the air, for goodness sake. If you can get it up there, brilliant. Must be Pegasus, I suppose.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 6.20 is uh, the time. Thank you for your texts and uh, tweets. And uh, Carol says, was that the jingle for the old... It was. 1974. 1974, well done for, for recognising it. Uh, Stevens says, the police cars usually have the running lock function, so they can lock the doors but keep the engine running for the blues and twos and stuff like that. And uh, so if you try to drive away without the keys, the engine will turn off and lock you inside it. Riveting. This was, a, you'll have to podcast the programme later to discover that one. Uh, Hughes, look, see you back. He says, thank you for the mention and death will count me in over Christmas good. So I'm expecting, because I'm here Christmas Day for breakfast, but I'm on from five in the morning. So we have, we have quite a lot to get through. And uh, in fact, we have quite a lot to get through. We have quite a lot to get through. Uh, and then if they say, if you're planning a Christmas bash, the unpalatable truth about restaurant wine rip-offs. I seriously think this is such a nothing item. And the reason is because I'm aware that restaurants mark things up. For example, uh, Strada. They have a, they have a, a white wine on their, and uh, it said on their catalogue and their menu, and it's a Pinot Grigio. They charge twenty pounds fifteen. It costs them online a fiver. The markup is three hundred and three percent. But it's a restaurant. You would expect that if you go to top London restaurants, or to put it this way, just go to a club. We used to joke about a bottle of Cristal champagne in in Costco. A bottle of Cristal champagne is about a hundred and fifty pounds. In a club, it's about four hundred pounds, so that's why it's the preferred choice of footballers trying to pick up a bimbo. They go, oh, "That's like four hundred pounds, babe," and uh, and that's how much it is. But if you buy it normally, it's one hundred and fifty. Of course, there's going to be a markup. I'm trying to find the biggest markup and in which place because they're all about to anything from forty percent up to three hundred percent. And I think that Pinot Grigio at a fiver they sell for twenty pound fifteen is is about the highest markup. The next one is uh, one in Ask. They do a primitivo. Uh, they sell it for eighteen ninety five. The price online is four hundred eighty one. There's a markup of two hundred and ninety three per cent, but I don't think there's anything the matter with that. I really don't. Because I always imagined that they'd be buying it wholesale, be getting it much cheaper. Um, what's the most expensive? There's a very expensive one here, uh, for coat. A reserve d'Olivier's de Oliviers Chateau de Pape. Uh, 2013, 43.95 they sell it for. They buy it for just under 20. It's 122% markup. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad at all. I think that's okay. I mean, if you don't want to pay those prices, well, don't go, you know, out and drink alcohol. Drink it before you go out and then you won't need as much in there. Uh, j- it's like people who go into a restaurant, they go, um, you know, can I get you some drinks? Uh, some tap water. We'd like some tap water. What? If you wanted tap water, stay at home. Uh, bottled water no 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 tap tap is good enough for us in all american restaurants they offer you just you know they just bring the water to the table they don't even bother ask you it's a part of the courtesy of you know putting a jug of water down Uh, if you're very lucky you get ice in it if you're very lucky you get some slices of lemon because we like lemon water see i remember the first time they brought me a finger bowl i thought it was for drinking nobody told me it was for washing your hands in after you'd eaten spare ribs can't do everything can i uh helenka so, yes, the sprouts. Yes, I, I might be eating a bag of sprouts later on. <laughs> uh, I might be. I'm hoping to anyway. It depends uh, if I get everything done today. And from Neil, he says it's been a very hectic week for us. Lorraine and the girls took Teddy on our annual pilgrimage to see Father Christmas at Harrods last week. We had a great time. Wifey's birthday on Friday. Great mini break in the spa suite at Centre Parks. Massages included. So one thing I hate. It's always been the bane of my life after a friend of mine booked me a massage some years ago at a well-known health spa. I hated it. The idea of lying on a table and something. Somebody... Oh, no, thank you. I know some people love it. I'm not one of them. Uh, and they bought their Christmas tree, which Lorraine is putting on our 1500 lights. <laughs> and then they went to the Harlow Playhouse the other day for Beauty and the Beast Panto, which Teddy really loved. Back to work today. Boo hiss. I'm oh, sorry. That was yesterday. At Centre Parks, they built four tree houses. They sleep eight. And if you want to go Christmas week, it'll cost you a mere £10,000. £10,000. Do you remember what I told you the other day? And you, you probably didn't remember, or you won't remember. I was talking about the death of Margaret Rhodes. Margaret Rhodes brought out uh, a book. And it was called, I think it was The the Last Curtsy, or something like that. I can't remember exactly the title of it. And I heard about it by a friend of mine who said, oh, there's this book coming out, or I read about it in a paper. And it was Margaret Rhodes, and she was the Queen's cousin, and she was very friendly with the Queen Mother. The final curtsy. The final curtsy was after the Queen Mother died. Uh, Margaret Rhodes was there. She'd been out for a walk. The Queen had visited uh, to say farewell to her mother because they knew that she was uh, she was dying. And when she got back, she died. And Margaret Rhodes says, "I gave her my deepest final curtsy." I mean, there was much much respect for the Queen Mother. And, uh, and many stories about the Queen Mother, you know, the one that she used to go skateboarding down the corridors of Clarence House, of course, was not at all true. And, uh, and what did she drink? That was always the interesting thing. There was, always, <laughs> there was always that joke that because she had so many gay staff, the story was that the Queen Mother used to shout through the door, when you old queens are finished out there, there's an old queen in here like a gin and tonic. Whereas, in fact, the myth has grown that she, uh, she was over-fond of booze. Before lunch, she would have a gin and du with a slice of lemon and a lot of ice. During the meal, she might take some wine. In the evening, she'd have a dry martini and a glass of champagne with her dinner. Sounds like quite a lot of booze to me. Margaret Rhodes, uh, they've done the Confessions of the Queen's Cousin. The other story which I was, I was very keen to tell you about was the so-called bad blood between the Queen Mother and the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. Uh, when the Duchess of Windsor... Uh, was there for the funeral, the, there appeared to be an air, you know, a, a, a bit of bad blood. But um, Margaret Rhodes writes from the final curtsy this book. You, may, you should get it because it's, a, it's the best insight you're going to get into the royal family. It came with, with the Queen's approval because they're such, or they were such good friends. She was her, her confidant. They, they talked about everything. She was very discreet, but she'd obviously checked out that she could write this book. And uh, she says here the role of Queen was not one that she wanted, or expected. But when it happened, she accepted it, calling it this intolerable honour and becoming the most successful queen consort in the history of the British monarchy. Years later, when the Windsor's house in Paris was restored after the death of the Duchess, and I think it was restored, I've got the book on it, uh, by Mohammed El-Fayed. He bought it and did it all up because it had been stuck in a time, I mean, it must have been fascinating to go to, because I believe that when the Duchess was dying, uh, the Duchess of Windsor Uh, One of the maids had taken pictures of her in bed, and she was a frail, old, old woman. But uh, when she died, a collection of Christmas cards from the Queen herself, Queen Elizabeth, was discovered, each inscribed affectionately, because she wrote to her every year. Because the Queen does so many Christmas cards, and it gave the lie to the popular view that my aunt, she says, bore a deep-rooted grudge towards the Duke and Duchess for precipitating her husband into sovereignty and therefore because of the stresses and strains particularly during the war prematurely ending his life strangely the cards in other correspondence were found in the duke's bath apparently american style he always used the shower but in fact even after the uh, the duchess of, of windsor died and there's a picture at the funeral they're waiting for the cortege the two two very telling pictures one is after he died and the Queen Mother is standing there and she's not standing next to Wallace Simpson at all. So that uh, that sort of kept that one going. And then when Wallace Simpson died, she did get that funeral that she wanted. But we don't know really what goes inside the royal family. That's why when you read Margaret Rhodes' book, you will discover that it's 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 very interesting. She talks about, you know, the sort of the things that they do. It was all traditional. That's why for the Queen to see things changing inside the royal family. I mean, she must be absolutely, you know, but she's so... You, you won't hear her saying anything. She doesn't say anything about anybody. She doesn't. She's never rude about them. She will never say, you know, Andrew's daughters are bone idle and lazy and good for nothings. And Sarah Ferguson was always an embarrassment. I mean, she's never going to be back into the royal family. Philip will see to that. The only time she'll ever get back into the royal family at Christmas is when Prince Philip dies. That's the only time... He hates her. Absolutely hates her. He wouldn't have her anywhere near the place where they go for Christmas. I'd like to be a fly on the wall at Christmas, wouldn't you? Just to see, you know, how much protocol goes on or whether they can all let their, you know, sort of guard down and pull Christmas crackers and stick the paper hat on their head, going, Harry, you just look ridiculous, you know, and things like that. And uh, Grandmama? Yes. Are you putting your hat on? No. (laughs) And what sort of presents do they get? Apparently simple presents. You know, you're not going to buy somebody diamonds and jewellery. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 Grandmama? Yes, Harry? Can Meghan come over for Christmas? No, she can't. Your father doesn't like her anyway. (laughs) Not his father, is it? Sorry, his grandfather. But uh, she wouldn't be invited for Christmas. He's only been going out. He's only seen her about three times. How's that going to happen? She's not going to be going over there any time soon. It'll be very... It'll be a, a dark day in the royal family that they invite some casual bit of... And it's a casual bit of floozy. <laughs> a casual bit of fluff, I meant. Uh, from Prince Harry. You can't just start taking your girlfriend's home. Oh, by the way, this is this is my father. Uh, Charles, this is. Um, what's your name? Tracy. This is Tracy. And Tracy. All right, darling. This is uh, Grandmama. All right. How you doing, Quick? You look like you're doing the stamps. Not going to happen, is it? Not anytime soon. Not in my life. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. It's nice to have company. Bubble and Squeak, apparently, is the best way to enjoy Brussels at breakfast. Uh, mixed with any other leftover favourite veg and lardons or bacon drippings. He says, you've given me an appetite. This is Michael. Uh, this morning. Yes, it's given me an appetite. Although, uh, Phil Vickery's come up with an even better one. Have you tried this one? This is something called Calette. Calette. It's a cross between a sprout and a mini curly kale. He says they're delicious, lightly steamed or boiled or even deep fried. A col- I've never even heard of them. I've heard of what did we try the other? Oh, we had it a few weeks ago. White beetroot, delicious. We got some from the market. It was delicious, delicious. Perhaps we could try colette. Perhaps, uh, perhaps the uh, all the good the good folk over at the market uh, could let us. Try some colette. So a, so a cross between a sprout and a mini curly kale, deep fried. Oh, well, I'm not really in favour of deep fried things, as you as you know. But I mean, you could definitely try boiling it, couldn't you? It'd be quite nice. We'll have a word, see if we can find out something about that a little bit later on. Uh, More texts and emails. So we quickly go back to this one. I'm flipping backwards and forwards across my oh, a shampoo you can still get nowadays, which is quite normal, is vosine. Vosine. That's medicated, isn't it? Vosine. And, um, da, da, da. Marks and Spencer's do a genetically modified sprout, which is half kale, half sprout. That could be it, actually. That could be it. I don't think they do... Moni- it, it could be, actually, this this vegetable we were talking about a minute ago. It could be that one, couldn't it, really? Uh, another one here. It's renamed for today, says Malcolm. Seems to be for all the other Black Friday, Cyber Monday. What about Manic Monday? I think it's been done before, actually. I think it's been done before, and uh, Chateau Nerf Pap on offer in Tesco, ten quid a bottle, says Tracy. And uh, read the eating of cranes. It probably tastes like chicken. So, oh, I don't like the sound of that actually. And um, uh, Crystal, a Methuselah in Costco is six thousand pounds. It's six litres. Yes, I've seen the bottle. It's six. Is, is it six thousand? Oh right. Somebody buy it. Six litres of Cristal Champagne, although to be brutally honest with you, and this can sound really heathen, um, I think if you can tell the difference between champagnes, well then good luck to you, because I can't. It all tastes exactly the same to me. I've even mixed Prosecco in the same glass. You know, one from Marks and Spencer's one, one from Waitrose, one from, from Costco. All tastes exactly the same, doesn't seem to make any difference at all. And as my liver function is perfect, apparently, I'm quite delighted by that. Uh, but a six-litre six, six liter bottle, a Methuselah, that's, that's pretty big. I'd like to go up to the checkout and buy it. They go, that's £6,000. That's like, uh, like, you know, tell me, boy, is the butcher's shop still open on the corner? Is the biggest turkey there? Yes, it is indeed, sir. Go there and come back in a minute and I'll give you a shilling. Come back in less than two minutes and I'll give you half a crown. He's gone. And brings back the biggest turkey in the world. And they went to give it to Bob Cratchit. So it's it's that thing, isn't it? It's that... Somebody will buy it. Somebody will buy it. They'll go, I'm going to buy that for £6,000. If you've got a party... Although, how you'd lift it? I've got no idea. Imagine trying to take the cork off. And you took it off and it it came off a bit too quick. You could lose your house. The cork could come out of that thing at such a rate. Uh, Police Chief in the paper today. This is Chief Constable Simon Bailey. He's setting up the National Police Chief Council's response to the football abuse. Now... 450 people have come forward to say that they were abused by football coaches. I'm assuming that the majority are are boys. Because we haven't heard anything yet of any girls. I haven't seen any stories about that coming out. Uh, Former Leeds United player Jamie Forrester told how he feared he was the target of a sex ring when the youth player in the 80s. He described the harrowing allegations of scout Frank Roper raping an 11-year-old boy in front of him and other boys whilst on a football tour. He was also named Roper by former England midfielder Paul Stewart as his abuser. It was obviously rife. Uh, Mind you, I say it was obviously rife. It might still be obviously rife, but as I said to you before, there are different uh, laws in place now. If you go to the uh, the YMCA, for example, and there are lots of children there who use the trampolines, adults are not allowed anywhere near them. Nobody's allowed near them unless they've been vetted. They don't, they're not risking anything at all. You know, pers- the young person is not allowed to be in the room with an older person unless there's somebody else there. There's so many things in place, but obviously not in football. Not in football. Uh, thousands face having homes seized by the council to pay care bills. Very worrying, isn't it? An average care home thirty five thousand a year. An average care home. Believe you me, they go very much higher than that. Uh, what else we have? Put first new grammars in poorest areas. The call to kickstart social mobility uh the uh, i'm going to i can't find this story i did have it a minute ago and i'll i'll go through the front pages of the papers about the uh, the pub which has banned christmas jumpers i can't imagine why unless you really think they are particularly naff but uh, i quite like seeing them they seem to you know round here loads of people are wearing christmas jumpers and and stuff like that has harry gone as well somebody said harry's gone he harry worked on our front desk for ages next. Somebody said he went last week. I'm very disappointed. I didn't have any interviews last week, so I didn't get to see him. So, uh, he could be listening to the programme at the moment. Uh, Ian Highland's talking about uh, 2016. He said, a year of bad news and disappointment for many people all over the world. But uh, when I'm staring into my shot glass on New Year's Eve, he says, I think one of the lasting letdowns will be the way in which all the big year-end reality shows simply fizzled out. There was nothing wrong with the line-up for I'm a Celebrity. It just made for not particularly memorable, yet perfectly pleasant climax to a not particularly memorable, yet perfectly pleasant series. A series that really ended as a spectacle the minute the public voted out the ITV show's only potential live wire, Martin Roberts and Larry Lamb. Poor, deprived Anton Deck told us it was still very entertaining, obviously watching a completely different show. So many times I began to wonder who they were trying to reassure the most, us or themselves. Without the glorious head balls and the gurning rinder... The closing stages have Strictly come dancing, looked like being a fairly forgettable tussle between some fairly forgettable contestants. Uh, Louise to win, by the way. And as for X Factor, the truth is it started to fizzle out as soon as the fabulously reinvigorated audition stage ended. The Honey G Roadshow might have kept the flames spluttering for a few weeks, but they were always going to end up there, facing the least inspiring final lineup. As I say, if it was them singing without a bit of help, I'd be very, very surprised. And the director of Last Tango in Paris has admitted he deliberately made the film's teenage star feel rage and humiliation in a rape scene she did not consent to. Brando's Last Tango scene was rape. And there's a picture as well of, um, of Victoria Beckham. She posted a comical snap of herself looking at a cheeky painting. I don't know how she posted a comical... Somebody must have taken it for her. Perhaps she shrunk. Her hair looks a complete mess. She's standing in front of a... Of a Sort of a picture, but it could be anybody, actually. I mean, she's wearing ghastly sandals. I mean, really ghastly sandals. And uh, the artist, Fernando Botero, was famous for balloon-like subjects, while the only thing supersized about posh is her drink. You know, the rest of her, she is just stick-thin, stick-thin. Uh, right, let's do the, uh, the front pages at 18 minutes to 7. I know you might be worrying about the time this morning in case you've got somewhere to go. Queen Scarlet, the Daily Mirror, the perfect Christmas party dresses for under 20 quid. Because people don't want to spend too much money. Let's face it, it's, uh, it's a dress that you'll probably only wear the once because by next year you won't be able to fit into it at all. And uh, the other story is uh, trapped in crowded cages and valued, only as meat, millions of dogs... So 17,000 dog farms in South Korea. 17,000. I mean, seriously, it's not just one or two. And um, they're joining the fight to save the helpless animals from a horrific fate because they they eat dog meat. But then I'm I'm in two minds over it. I think it's horrendous. I mean, seriously, I think it's absolutely appalling. I wouldn't want to eat a dog at all. I would have no interest in it. I don't understand how anybody can actually kill them either, but they do. And uh, they, they've been urged now to outlaw this sickening secret of industry because people pay pay good money. And they've got, I mean, just it's a dreadful end for them because we see them as pets. They see them as meat. They don't see them as anything else. It's just it's an animal that's got meat on it. So they're looking for a particular age dog. And they, do- they don't seem to discriminate over what sort of dogs it is. It could be any sort of dog. And uh, you look at the conditions that they're they're kept in. All they're doing is waiting to be taken out and killed and eaten. You won't find it pleasant reading, I'll tell you. You really won't. But there is the story of one woman who started rehoming all the dogs. 200 she's done so far. They've sent them all over the world so that these, these dogs can at least have some sort of existence. But let's face it, we're not the nation of animal lovers. We thought they were. Years ago, we were, you know, nation of animal lovers. And I used to say, no, we're not. No, we're not. I used to get sick to death of every year we would do a feature with the Battersea Cat and Dogs Home, more people who had abandoned animals over the festive season. Because they see one and they go, oh, look, little puppy. And you buy it from a puppy farm or somebody who's flogging it in a pub car park. And they go, oh, my dog just had uh, puppies. Would you like one of them? And you go, how much is it? About £400. And you know they've come from a puppy farm. Because unless you've actually seen the mother, you don't know where these dogs come from. Mainly they actually come with sort of a lot of illnesses and they don't, they just don't live very long. But people want them for Christmas. Then they suddenly realise you've got to look after them. I think they think they're a novelty. Kids open, oh look, a puppy, lovely. Put it to one side and that's it. 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Joan Acton says, Colette, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, was featured on Countryfile last night. How wonderful. And uh, it's a new veg from Little Flowering Sprout. Oh, I've, I've seen that. That's quite nice as well. And, um, and, uh, Pete says, did you say Harry's only seen Meghan three times? If they tie the knot, it sounds like the recipe for a long and happy marriage. I don't know, actually. I just don't. I mean, but we, we know about the time she came over here. Do we know about all the other times? Probably not, actually. Probably not. Uh, Chelsea's apology, too little, too late. Gary's furious club admits Guilt. And uh, they say that there's others as well, so we'll wait and find out. Uh, The Daily Express, new twist in the police hunt for Madeleine McCann. She was stolen to order, this is the latest, to come out. So they've been given another £100,000 to see if they can find anything. Sounds unlikely, doesn't it, really? Uh, Romance is blooming for Harry's girl because she's got a... She's holding a bunch of flowers in Toronto. Why would it be blooming? It's the best they can come up with, isn't it, really? Uh, And Harry, again, dressing down... um, And uh, there's a crocodile lurching, uh, sorry, lurching, lurking nearby. It's not going to be attacking him any time soon, is it? The uh, Daily Mail today revealed the taxpayers £155,000 for Jamie's 15 restaurant. Migrants should swear an oath of allegiance to British values as soon as they arrive in the country, says a major government report. Lord. And after the big freeze, it's warmer than Athens. I mean, it might be cold in Athens, mightn't it? We don't we don't know these things. It might be. We'll have to wait and, uh, wait and find out. And apparently vitamin D makes free-range eggs better for you. It's finding free-range eggs, isn't it? You see something that says farm fresh and that kind of thing. That's not necessarily free-range. Are they actually free-range eggs? You have to check. Why don't you go to the farms? Best place to get them, I suppose, from the people who actually keep them. My friend Hugh Broom, he's got a farm down near Guildford, and he has all different coloured eggs from all the different chickens. We went down there. Wonderful. Really wonderful.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: So here we go. Bar Humbug. Bar Humbug, yes. They're popular with those wishing to declare they're in the festive spirit, but one pub landlord has decided Christmas jumpers spell trouble, and he's banned customers wearing them. Large groups of office workers and stag dudes are also not welcome. The landlord, Alan Murphy, says he wants to provide a haven of tranquillity at his three pubs. The Lion and Quay, WM Hawks and the Walters in Hull. People wearing the garish jumpers or festive fancy dress will be denied entry after 8pm every night. Mr Murphy says, we feel we need this dress code much in the same way... Some supermarket restaurants won't allow sportswear. We don't want 15 lads all dressed up in Christmas jumpers, making a beeline for the bar and making life difficult for others. I agree. Although, actually, I, I do see in certain pubs no hard hats, no workman's clothes or anything like that. You don't want to sit next to people wearing dirty clothes. They've been sweeping the streets and then they, then they come and sit in a restaurant. No, thank you very much indeed. Ten to seven. Um, so, 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 so. Sun, Super Scar, because her name's Scarlet Moffat, and so she's the, uh, the jungle queen, and apparently there's a huge bidding war because she's just so talented, because she can... Eat, where, you, where you put her talents to good use, I've got no idea. You know, uh, we're going to have a, a programme where you're going to eat bugs. Great. So that's what she does. That's, that's it. She was paid, not very much money, for, uh, for watching television and then talking about it. And so she's done it, and she beat everybody else. But there again, you know, the people who watch this programme... It was a bit dull. There were no fights. Nobody got shot. You know, there was no major sort of argument, somebody pushing somebody over in the shower. I really want them in the shower to go, Ola, get out. Get out. We've seen you before. Stop showing off. Luckily, she was kicked out third, so that was good news. Obviously, not the little personality she seemed to think she was. And um, so Louise could win strictly. Who cares? Is that going to change your life? No. Extremely rich woman, lives with extremely rich footballer and father... Harry Redknapp, he turned up on a reality thing the other night. It was a quiz show. It was a quiz show. I thought, God, he must have fallen on hard times or something. Poor old soul. And so they're all turning up on quiz shows. You've got Wayne Wayne Bridge uh, doing one of them. Then you've got the, um, the wife. She's turned up on things. She's doing Strictly Christmas. I mean, dear God, what an attention-seeking pair. Mind you, they've obviously done all the usual sort of magazine shoots and stuff like that. Uh, So the Gogglebox star is a champion. Yada, yada, yada. Who cares? Not of any interest to anybody at all. Is she going to get a career out of it? I don't know. I don't know where. They say, oh, she'll have her own show. Doing what? Doing what? Well, is she going to make things or something? Well, because she's sat in the jungle and sort of been, you know, just enjoyed herself for a few, few days. Doesn't really make any difference, does it? But uh, whether it goes anywhere after that, who knows? At uh, the Times this morning, betting boss, crack cocaine of gambling must be banned. These are betting machines. And uh, they're in every... They're all up and down. Every single betting shop, you find betting machines. I was always told that if you've got betting machines in a shop, you could turn over 40,000 a week. And as I pointed out some time ago, they're all linked... They're all linked to one giant computer. You're not playing individually, you're playing against the country. But they don't tell you that. Some people can make a lot of money out of them. Some people lose a lot of money because in in order for people to make a lot of money, somebody's got to lose a lot of money. And I've seen people with, you know, a thousand pounds up there, and you think, take it out, take it for a thousand pounds, are you mad? And then they gamble it. And they lose it all. Because it's a machine. You're playing a machine. It's not. It's not as random as you think it is. And so they are the crack. I mean, you see people gambling left, right, and centre, and you think, "Shh, I would never want to be like that. I'm too mean. I'd want to open the machine and take the money back out again." So they're now saying they should be banned. I mean, the past bookmakers made 1.75 billion from these machines. 1.75 billion. That's how. That's how dangerous they are, really. Uh, Also, Europe in turmoil as the Italian Prime Minister is defeated. Financial markets are now braced for euro turbulence. I suspect that's going to be the case. uh, Many a headline over the next uh, few months. Uh, The Cabinet split over cash for access to the single market. Boris Johnson yesterday appearing to reject this proposal by David Davis the Brexit Secretary, and Philip Hammond, the Chancellor, of the government to pay into the EU coffers. I was interested the other day. I turned on was it Andrew uh, Andrew Neil's? I do like Andrew Neil. He used to be a presenter on LBC. Used to do a, a phone in. I used to get I used to get all the best people actually following me, like I have this morning, as Nick Farrar would be here with breakfast. But it's uh, I used to get Andrew Neil, who used to uh, do his uh, programme as well. I think he was other either before me or after. I can't remember when we were another another incarnation of, uh, of LBC and then I got Diana's brother he, he was invited to do a phone in on LBC and so he'd come in and he'd say hi Steve, i go hi <laughs> trying to think I was actually mixing with all the right people which was lovely uh, quickly let's sort out a few of your uh, texts and emails and uh, yes the Queen has uh, grandmama, yes she's called Gangan. Gan. I don't know why actually they call her Gangan. Gan. But they're different people, you know, some people call their, their grandmothers grandmama, some people call her nana, nana and granddad, then you've got gramps and nannykins, I don't know, different people have got different names, it's like having, you know, names for your bits, isn't it? I didn't really want to go into that. I don't know why I mentioned that, actually. It's only because I thought about it a second ago. I thought to myself, because when you're growing up, you've got different names, haven't you? Perhaps we'll do that on another programme, ladies and gentlemen. Perhaps we'll do it over Christmas. (laughs) Uh, The Guardian. Turn of the tide. The Europeans hailing Austrian far-right defeat. Casey raising the alarm of the lack of social cohesion. And uh, the I. Boris pours cold water on Brexit strategy. Um. Love in the time of Uber, pool. I don't know what that is. I shall leave it to one side. Plus the uh, Liverpool stunned by Bournemouth fight back. Again, I have no idea what that's doing, but I suspect it's uh, football. And um, the new drug epidemic sweeping through our prisons because there's barely a week goes by when I do the Sunday papers where I'm not showing you pictures, which, of course, you can't see, so I have to describe them, of prisoners doing drugs. It is so easy to get drugs in prison. In fact, actually, if you want to buy drugs, get yourself thrown in prison. You get as many as you want. Seriously, it's so easy to smuggle them in. Now, whether or not it's people working in there who are who are sort of uh, breaking the law, or whether it's drones that are just dropping parcels in prison and people go and pick them up again. It's very worrying, very worrying, because it's absolutely enormous now. There's barely a week go by of, uh, you know, without us seeing pictures of prisoners, you know, hardened prisoners, smoking drugs, getting drunk. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. It just gets worse and worse, doesn't it? Really, uh, Steve loved the show. We've never been a nation of animal lovers all the time. We've got animals, and uh, yes, the research laboratories, hatcheries, dairy, factory farm. Mind you, we'd had all we had that thing, didn't we? With one group of of animal lovers who released all these ferrets into the countryside, who'd been bred in captivity, and of course they probably met a very sticky end, I should imagine. And uh, that wasn't particularly clever. But yes, we had animal testing laboratories. In fact, there was a well-known hospital, uh, not too far from where I am, and they had an animal testing unit in there. I know, because I went in. I went in. And uh, it was very high security that they had monkeys in cages. We had pictures of beagles years ago, the dogs smoking, and uh, rats infected with all sorts of illnesses to test it out. Because I think at one point there were lots and lots of cosmetics on the market from some very well-known companies that were tested on animals. They tested on animals just to make sure that you could buy it. So, in other words, if it didn't do the animal any harm, and, of course, sometimes it actually did, then is Matt Goss on the telly this morning? Is he? What's he on? Oh, is he? Doing what? He's obviously mentioning his uh, show's coming up, isn't he? He's coming in to plug the show. God, that'll be good. Will he wear his hat? (laughs) I was mentioning it to a friend of mine the other day. He said, why don't you just shut up about Matt Goss? I said, I can't help it. It's a strange fascination that you type in. Actually, Luke Goss is the best one on that programme where they go, you know, you, they have a screen. They were sitting in a chair. It's the one that they were lampooned on by French and Saunders. And they go, pick a number. He'd lean forward and go, 32. What age were you when you kissed a girl? And they, those sort of questions, and apparently, sort of, it's just—I don't know what it was there for. But you know, will you ever split up? No, uh, no, we'll never split up. We're going to be bigger than uh, bigger than anything, and we'll have lots and lots of things out there. So obviously, he needs to plug the tickets for the shows because I think he's got—I think, could be wrong—I think he's got about seven shows of Matt Goss over Christmas before they head to. Um, before they head to the O2 next year. And then all the other shows as well. You're going to be so bored with Matt Goss by the time we get to that. I mean, you know, it's a lot of tickets to sell. lot of tickets to sell. Oh, I've just realised I've got to go. Just before I got round to uh, Ricky Gervais. On the Daily Telegraph, celebrities, I never set out to ruin their day. Lovely Ricky Gervais. Thank you so much for your company today. And you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at SteveAllen show, uh, leading Britain's conversation at 10 this morning. It's James O'Brien, but right now with breakfast for you this Monday morning
0: it's Nick Ferrari If you enjoyed this podcast listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am